welcome, 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 welcome to the next chapter of the Break the Bell podcast. Yes, episode 27. Is that what it is? Yes. Damn. Yeah, we, we beat the uh, the halfway mark through the year. We are killing it, in my opinion. We're we are fire. crushing it. In fuego. The reason why this is the next chapter is because starting this week, we are starting bigger and better things, more things for your ears, more opportunities for you to get involved. Are we going to build it better? We're going to build it back better. Build back better. No, that means we're going to have to like tear it down and start, start yeah, from we don't scratch. We're not no, doing that. No, no. But like I said, we are doing bigger and better things. And to start that out, um, we kind of announced last week that we we're going to start a second episode. That second episode is coming to you this week week. Is that right, Bill? I believe so, yes. This week. Saturday, correct? Um, we're going to record Saturday, and okay. we'll get it out Saturday night, Sunday morning, some sometime okay. in there. It's going to be a weekly wrap-up of what's going on around the world, or just whatever else we decide we want to want to talk about, yeah. and um, that just kind of opens us up to more things during our yeah. main episode here, so we don't have to spend so much time um, figuring out what happened during right. the last seven days, we only have to figure out like three and a half days worth right. of stuff. Yeah, so. it's not bad. Not bad. No. So, number two, um, our Patreon project, our Patreon page has launched. It is officially up and running wow. and ready to go. We have um, different bonus um, opportunities for you, um, different tiers of uh, participation. If you don't know what Patreon is, it's a... Uh, it's kind of like our, it's our paywall, our uh, subscription side. What, what do, what do the the hot women call them? The um, like, members only or oh, only fans? Only fans. Yes. It's our, it's our only fans page. Only yes. we're not hot women. We are two <laughs> ugly dudes. So yes. sorry about that. But um, yeah, right. we we um have opportunities for you to uh, participate and um, support us in more ways than just the amazing listenership that you've um, supported us and so far. it all goes back into the show so that we can bring you even better stuff. Yep. So I'm going to just kind of go over some of these membership levels. I'll pull this up. You can't see this because my computer is back in the shop again for a third time since this podcast started. So this this show is just taking a toll. Yeah, this show is <laughs> taking a toll on it. But um, So I'm using another laptop, so I can't pull up. For you to see on this big monitor okay. over here, but uh, I'll just close my eyes and imagine. Yeah, just just listen and pretend. So this is if you go to Patreon.com/slash/BreakTheBell. Um, this is what pops up here, and you see there are different tiers of uh, membership, starting at the five dollar level, going up to twenty dollar level. So um, at a five dollar level, you are an official member of the bell breaker club you're all bell breakers in our eyes but you are officially in the bell breaker club if you join at the five dollar uh level and what that includes is bonus content so at least one extra show a week so not only are we giving you this show this main show our weekly um recap at the end of the week which will be a main show to um non-paying right. members just to open to the public but we're also going to have a bonus show on top of that so that Excellent. will give you three different shows at least a week if you sign up at the five five dollar level and that doesn't include if we decide hey we're just gonna get together at lunch and bullshit for some bonus content yeah. i mean um you'll at least get that one extra 
bonus show a week, but then just whatever we decide to do as we get. Are time we doing to. like a holiday special? I feel uh, like we need a holiday going, special. We will. Yes. We will do okay, a Christmas sweet. special. Sweet. Um, I was going to talk to you about that. Also, at the five dollar level, um, you'll be a member of. We'll have a, a private chat forum. Uh, we all already have the Break the Bell forum on Facebook, but we're going to have a private chat forum just specifically for um, members, uh, for Patreon members. So um, if you want to just hit us up with um, some ideas of show, uh, bonus content or some ideas um, regarding the show, you can just be a member of this exclusive uh, community, this forum. Then finally, at the $5 level, uh, we're giving all our pa patrons a uh, shout out on the show. Um, at the start, when we don't have as many, we'll actually give you a shout out. Um, like we'll, we'll mention you by name, um, in the show. If we get to the point where that's just taking an ungodly amount of time, we'll, we'll still put your name in the show, like in a, like a end, end credits scrolling thing or, or, we'll or some, something fancy like that. Yeah. It'll just like do some like flyby of your yeah. name in the screen. So Sweet. then there's the, the $10 level, which I'm calling the. Non-stop talker level because we never stop talking on the show. I like it. That's our, our slogan. Um, the reason why this is called the non-stop talker is because um, you get to have your voice heard literally on our show in the non-stop talker club. Um, you're going to have full access, talking access. Uh, you'll be able to participate in our live streams. Um, so before, when we do bonus live streams, we throw out the... Um, the link so anybody could jump in when they wanted to. That's going to be exclusive to our $10 a month, um, the Nonstop Talker Club. Nice. Um, so that way, um, that gives you an incentive. If you want to join in, you can jump into that uh, that live stream and actually participate with us. Also, people that join at the $10 level, you're going to have the opportunity to choose a bonus topic for us. So... Obviously, that won't be every single week or every single month if right. there gets to be several people, but um, we will let fans, or not fans, it says fan requests, that's why I said it, but but members actually send us a topic, and that can be anything. Like, one time, uh, we did an entire bonus episode talking about Batman. <laughs> yeah, right. And we will talk literally about, oh, yeah. as long as it's not like crazy, super, super inappropriate, I guess. I yeah, mean, right. We get yeah. inappropriate, right. especially in our bonus content. Yeah. But And we're, we're, I mean, we're not a family show, but at the same time, we want to, you know. I mean, the bonus content, we can get a little bit yeah. Uh, yeah. more, like, risque, I guess you could say, right. if you want. Yeah. But still, there's a line that I, I will draw, and we'll find that line when we get there, I guess. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. But yeah, you get to tell us exactly, like, if you want us to just do an episode talking about um barbie dolls we will spend an entire hour talking about Absolutely. barbie dolls we can talk Absolutely. literally about anything yes if yes. we if you want us to you'll also have the opportunity to get uh 20 off uh one-time merchandise purchase so we'll send you a promo code so whenever you go to purchase christmas presents or purchase a shirt for yourself um you'll get 20 percent off of that um one-time purchase so that's not just one item so you go and buy out the whole store in one setting, you'll get 20% off that. Nice. And then also all the other stuff um, that was from the lower tiers, you also have access to the bonus content, the private, the chat community, and the shout-outs and stuff like that. So um, this one just gives you an opportunity to have your vo voice more heard on the show. The third one is the $20 level. 
which is the Bell Breaking Book Club. And I didn't even talk to you about this. Okay. I don't okay. know if you read it. I sent it to you. You probably didn't read it, though. So I got this idea, actually, from Remzo. He used to do it on his show. Okay. Um, Remzo was a guest early on, and he's come on some bonus content, and he's helped us out a lot on the show. But um, I got this idea from him. Um, at the $20 a month level, we are once a quarter going to choose a book on topic with um, like our interests of the show mm -hmm. or something we've been discussing. Like early on in the show, we talked about 1984 and we both right. sat down and read that. That would be yeah. a cool one to, um, at the time, if we were doing this, we would have sent out to give away yeah, that um, been 1984, a copy of it. And it's going to be a hard copy of it too. Right. It's not going to be just like a digital copy. Right. We're going right. to actually send you the book. I like it. And we're going to, throughout the quarter, we're going to read it. Maybe in the bonus episodes, we'll talk a little bit about it. Yes. Um, jump in the live streams and t do like a specific live stream about it. At the end of the quarter, when we're done reading it, we'll do an actual episode the way we did the 1984 episode. Right. And members are invited to come and participate in that nice. episode and talk about it. So, And I'm going to ump the ante. I didn't okay. talk to you about right. this, but... If you get the $20 subscription, I will send you a Break the Bell t-shirt. Um, you didn't up the ante because right here it says, <laughs> you will also receive a free Break the Bell t-shirt. Okay, wait. What about a mug? <laughs> <laughs> so um, to receive the t-shirt, though, you have to, and this is Patreon's rules. This isn't my rules. You have to be um, a member for three months. Oh, so, okay. Gotcha. So you actually pay um, enough to cover the cost of the shirt. Gotcha. Um, that's not something I set up. I was just going to send you one, but Patreon was like, um, after three months, we'll send them this shirt. So, sorry to, sorry to distinguish your flame like, there. You're yes. you're getting all excited. I but. was. I here. I thought I was like on top of it and stuff. But <laughs> nope, it is right there. You get a. Not only do you get a free book every quarter, so every three months you're going to get a free book. That's okay. four books in a year. Um, that'll increase your your reading of like opportunities to read different things. And then also, um, once we run out of ideas for books, we'll um, look to you guys who are members too to get ideas for different books you want to read and include in this. I, I And I just downloaded an entire list of books that are like Very on nice. my reading list now. So Sweet. So we'll tap into that for sure. The last one, this is getting long, I'm sorry, but I had to cover all this stuff and we don't even get to talk about our fun stuff in this intro, but we have all this, this to cover specifically. I know. The last one is... Something I decided to come up with. This one is separate from just normal listeners. This one's called the Break the Belt Partner Program. And this is specifically for individuals that have their own like businesses, online businesses, um, have their own podcast, have even like their own band and want to promote their stuff. This is basically you are going to be a sponsor of the show. Your business will be a sponsor of the show. And this is, again, $20 a month, which is really cheap for what you get. You get your business will be plugged on our show for every single show that we record. So that's at least 12 promo plugs a month. Okay, nice. So you get like a 10-second plug where we'll read off like what, what your business is about. Mm -hmm. and, um, or if you have a band, we can like play, play a little play bit a of clip music. of your nice. music and stuff like that. Um, if you have a podcast, we'll plug it. You can either send us a plug or, or we'll plug it, whichever you prefer. Um, so like I said, that's at least 12 promo plugs a month for 20 bucks. That's, that's, that's not nice. a bad deal. Yeah. We'll also, um, link and, uh, promote all your, your business or whatever it is you're, you're promoting on all our social media platforms. So we'll have links to it. Um, and then you, 
We'll also get access to, again, our bonus content and our online community. So that is an opportunity, like I said, specifically for uh, people that want to partner with us that have their own show or their own business. So just a different opportunity um, aside from the usual, like, um, listener type subscription. This is more of a business uh, partnership. So, okay. So, yeah, there's that. Nice. Some good stuff. Yeah. So, we have a show to do now. All right. Let's do it. So, we got a show coming up. Um, we kind of dug it, tapped into, not dug, but tapped into some stuff with um, last week. And continuing with uh, this Biden. What is that bug it's a on your bug. camera? I know, right? Um, I wasn't going to say anything. Continue with that. Uh, Biden um, getting back to business as usual, building back better, um, just kind of forming his alliance and whatever agenda that's going on behind all right. of that, and which we're going to dig into more. Um, so, yeah, that's what we're going to get into the second half is just kind of the Biden agenda, the yes. seeming agenda, I guess, yes. if if he does become president, which not official yet, not official just yet. Yes. So the first half, we'll just get into our usual um, breaking down what's going on in the world and in mm-hmm. the country. So, so we're just going to get right into it because we have wasted way too much of your time. So we will be right back in just a minute. What did you say? You talking to me? What, what the heck are you talking about? What did you say? What did you say? What did you say? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? What did he say? What did he say? Are you talking to me? Well, maybe he was talking to me. What did you say? Talk to me. What in heaven's name are you talking about? Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, baby! Did you just say? What did you say? You listen to me? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? What the hell are you talking about? Who are you talking to? Okay, sorry about that kind of long, long pre-show thing we did there. We just had to get through all that extra stuff because, like I said, new time for us. Um, new things, big things. Um, again, that link for the, um, the Patreon is patreon.com slash break the bell. Go sign up and then have instant access. As soon as um, we start posting bonus content, yeah. um, you'll have access Which, to it. again, starts this week. Yep, yep, this week starts it all. So um, go go join, help us out. Again, if you are just a listener, we, we still greatly value your support. You've been supporting this um, show for, what, six, seven months now? Yeah. Six, seven months now. Um, and you're what keeps this thing going. So if, we love um, it. if you want to just continue at that level and um, just enjoy the free content that we're putting out, that is fantastic. Um, continue sharing it around because um, that's that's the only way uh, this gets around. Absolutely. Our word gets around. So um, if you decide that you really, really like us and you want to um, just show a little more support, like I said, head on over to um, our Patreon page and 
and sign up at one of those levels. And we will definitely um, do our best to make it worth your while. So we're going to just jump right into this week in the news because there is quite a bit going on. Starting across the world, apparently some Irani nuclear top scientists, if that's what you want to call them, got blowed up this week. Yes, yeah. Apparently uh, Iran kind of played him down who he was. They were yeah. like, oh, he's just a... You know, he's just a, a professor who, um, you know, seems to know a lot about nuclear energy and stuff. And then it's like. Comes out as um, he was Iran's top nuclear scientist. Yeah. Yeah. So this is from CNN.com. So we haven't, in all this stuff, we haven't stopped blowing people up in the Middle East yet. I know, right? Like, well, it's the American way, it seems yeah. like. <laughs> I think it should be incorporated in the Star Spangled Banner. Right, yeah. I, I think bombs bursting in air. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it says, Iran's top nuclear scientist was killed Friday in the outskirts of Tehran, once again setting the Middle East on edge and threatening to bring further turmoil to the region. Here's what you need to know. Uh, Mozen Farizadeh, or Farizadeh, Farizadeh, believed to be the mastermind of Iran's controversial uh, nuclear program, was in a car east of Tehran when he was shot dead on Friday afternoon. So he wasn't blown up. He was shot oh, well, dead. I thought he was drone. way to go. I thought he was drone bombed. Yeah. Well, there are conflicting reports on how the attack unfolded. Most accounts agree that it was a sophisticated attack with gunfire and an explosion. But at least one account offered even more dramatic claims. The semi-official FARS news agency, the semi-official FARS news agency is not, not totally. quite official, no. but semi-official. It's just partly. Claimed on Sunday that Fakhrizadeh was traveling with his wife in a bulletproof car. <laughs> not bulletproof enough. <laughs> oh. No, alongside three security personnel it's vehicles. one of those made in China. I guess, yeah. <laughs> or made in Iran. Uh, when he heard what sounded like bullets hitting a vehicle and got out of his car to find out what happened. Hmm. You're in a bulletproof car. You hear what sounds like bullets hitting a vehicle. Right. So you get out of your bulletproof car. <laughs> Hold on. Do you hear that? Is that, is that, is that bullets? the sound of bullets? Hold on, let me go check. Stay here. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Huh? That's like something you see in a horror movie that yes. you're like, nobody would do that. And like everybody who's watching yeah, is like, right. don't get out of the car. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. And I'll be right back. <laughs> at, at that point, a remote controlled machine gun opened fire from a, Nis a Nissan, uh, stopped about 150 uh, meters from Fakhrizadeh's car, as far as claimed. The scientist was hit at least three times and then. Nissan exploded after the attack. Holy shit, Damn. that is a badass Nissan. No doubt. Never seen I a need Nissan one of those. Like that. Weapons experts say the claim is technically possible. <laughs> but experts, <laughs> well, I guess. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, it. it's not out of the picture. <laughs> but experts agreed it's unlikely that those behind the assassination would choose this method because of its high risk of failure. Uh, Nissan, really? Yeah. <laughs> Iranian news agencies have also I mean, offered Toyota, sure, yeah, or a, or a <laughs> Honda, a Honda, right. a Nissan. Iranian news agencies have also offered contradictory versions of the events. It's like <laughs> that story that just keeps getting better and better. <laughs> right. And then <laughs> griffins flew down from the sky <laughs> with warriors on their back. <laughs> 
and fly, fire erupted from the ground. <laughs> Many volcanoes. Exactly. Um, it also it is also possible the Iranian authorities are trying to exaggerate the sophistication of the attack to play down the glaring weakness of its security apparatus. <laughs> and then there was like twelve ninjas, and and I fought off like like eleven, but then I didn't see the one behind me. Yeah, with it's the like that arm. that episode of The Office where he gets his ass kicked by like a fourteen year old girl, and it, it, like. He was like mugged by like ninjas yeah. or something. That, that's all it was. It was like an 82 year old guy with the. <laughs> yep. Uh, it says uh, the killing has left Iran feeling exposed and vulnerable. Well, no shit. Oh, come on. This computer sucks. It's difficult to overstate Fakhrizadeh's importance. Western intelligence agencies consider him to be the father of Iran's nuclear weapons program. The alleged existence of which has been at the heart of Tehran's standoff with the international community for nearly two decades. Iran has repeatedly maintained that its nuclear program has been used exclusively for peaceful purposes. Of course. But Western states accuse Tehran of seeking to develop a nuclear bomb. Of course. Of course. <laughs> There's of course on both sides. Right. Yeah. One side says, of course it's peaceful. The other side says, of course they have bombs. <laughs> Um, if that ever came to fruition, intelligence agencies say it would have been Fakhrizadeh's brainchild. <laughs> it's The mom is his uh, Frankenstein. In 2015, the Obama administration clinched a landmark deal to curb Iran's nuclear program in exchange for sanction reliefs, but was short-lived. In 2018, Trump pulled out, the pack, out of the pact and meted out some of the most crippling sanctions Tehran has ever been subjected to. A year later, Iran resumed enriching uranium. Well, yeah, if you pull out of your end of the deal, then right. they're going to pull out of their end of the deal. Makes common sense. Um, it says, this alarmed Western capitals, but experts believe Iran is still years away from developing a nuclear weapon. Didn't we say that about fucking right. North Korea, yeah, though, too? exactly. They're years away. Don't worry about it. So Iran's blaming Israel for the attack. Right. And U.S., um, right? Israel uh, just, and the U.S. It says, Iran blames Israel and said the operation bore the hallmarks of Israel's foreign intelligence agency, the Mossad. So, do, they, do they typically use they Nissans with machine guns? That's what I was going to say. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> That's their calling card. It's a Nissan. <laughs> In 2018, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said Fakhrizadeh was the head of the project of Project Ahmad, which he and others describe as a secret nuclear weapons endeavor. See, the article I read said they're blaming a uh, coalition of Israel and U.S. And that uh, they wanted to retaliate against the U.S., but they kind of want to wait and see with Biden and mm -hmm. if they get their deal back. So, ah, so maybe we'll just wait. Yeah, we're really pissed, but, you know, if we can get some let's money out of this. Goes. Let's, let's see where this goes. Let's see where this goes. We're going to let it ride. We're going to let it ride. Um, so, apparently, uh, Netanyahu said, remember that name, Fakhrizadeh. I mean, why would you say that? Like, right, yeah. You're that was back of... in 2018. Okay. When, uh, it's like, remember that name because now it pops up and it's like, oh, shit. I remember when <laughs> so he like... said, remember that name. <laughs> so. Is there a reason you wanted us? No, no reason. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's. Iranians are vowing retribution. Who knows where that's going to go? Let's let's just leave that at that because well, I, and who knows? The plot thickens. Does it? Yes, because this just in. A senior commander in Iran's Islamic Guard Corps, a designated foreign terrorist organization, was 
killed during an airstrike over the weekend in Syria, according to local officials. Iraqi security and local militia officials could not confirm the identity of the commander who said they said was killed alongside three other men traveling in a vehicle. The vehicle was carrying weapons across the Iraqi border and was hit after it was entered Syrian territory. Uh, Iraqi security sources told Saudi-based Al-Arabi News that a drone killed Muslim Shahadin, a senior commander in Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, in a targeted strike in his car. Uh, the reports did not say who was behind the strike, wink, wink, which reportedly happened early Sunday or late Saturday. So, um, another one bites the dust. It sounds to me like somebody's really stirring up shit at a really inopportune moment right now with the Mm -hmm. U.S. the way it is, with, um, the possibility of us getting back into our business as usual, um, getting back into the big war machine, I'm sure, which is coming following, um, Biden. Yes, and then it says here, this says the strike comes immediately following a targeted hit on Iranian nuclear scientists, Mozin Fak Zidin. Wait, what, how did you spread it? Uh, um, let's Fak Rizin. Fak Rizida. <laughs> last week inside Iran. It says driving a carefully circuitous route to his home and his in laws in a city outside Tehran, Mr. Fak Rizida. <laughs> car was. Stopped Friday by a car bomb in a Nissan so laden with explosives that it knocked out a power line. Wow. According to Iranian news media and witness accounts, the New York Times reported a squad of gunmen then leapt from a black SUV, overpowered his bodyguards, and unleashed a barrage of gunfire. Holy shit. This before is speeding crazy. away as Mr. Fred lay dying in the street. Wow, that's dramatic. But, however, Iranian state media claimed there were no operatives that opened fire on the vehicle and instead claimed that the shots were fired by an automatic machine gun, which was mounted on the pickup truck and operated by remote control. There are so many questions here. I know. This I know. could be a this freaking getting, movie. I know. I'm liking this. I'm liking this. I know. So, like I said, somebody's stirring something up there. Yes. Or could be. <laughs> I mean, do you put it past a country to do something like this on themselves in order to um, impose backlash on a country that well, you hate. I, I was just thinking that, right? I mean, wouldn't that be the ultimate, like, back, like, you know, you already, you just now are getting back into the game from the UN, right? You got right. Trump, who's, you know, everybody thinks Trump's going to strike Iran before he leaves. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, top nuclear scientist is taken out. I mean, and if you were involved in something and you had secret police, wouldn't you just take him out because he knew enough? Yeah. You know, right. I mean, right. Well, um, I mean, there's, there's stories of that all the time. Of, right. Um, countries, um, I don't know, chemically attacking their own people and claiming it was somebody else or right. supposedly quote unquote. Yeah. Tie um, up loose ends. Yeah. And then just, you're going to blame it on a Nissan with the machine gun. Yeah. And, um, Blame it on uh, the guy that said, remember that name. I mean, just because he said that, they're gonna right. going to blame Netanyahu yeah. because he said, remember when he said that? We could easily yeah. pin, pin this on him because yeah. he said that two years ago. So we're going to jump over to this hemisphere, at least, um, over to the great country of Canada because so much interesting, exciting stuff goes on in Canada. It's about time. It's about time. So, um, you reminded me before the show started of how Trump, um, kind of, uh, made me, did he, 
actually signed into an executive order. Yeah, it was an executive order. That uh, we could get um, prescriptions from Canada, right. like import them for cheaper cost to kind of um, bring cost down of medication here. Yes. Well, Canada says, nope, nope, that's not going to happen. Um, Canada has banned uh, mass exports of prescription d- drugs. They're going to lose their reputation of being the nice country. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, did he apologize when he said it? I think it's just Trudeau, though. Like, he, nobody oh, thinks yeah. he's a nice no. Canadian. Yeah, that's true. Nobody likes Trudeau. But is he like one of those Qu- Quebec Canadians? Because aren't they, I, they're the French yes, Canadians that the French everyone ones. hates. Nobody, not even the, the, the English Canadians like the French Canadians. Yeah, yeah. Canadians don't even like the French Canadians. So, um, that's, I don't know if he's a French Canadian, but I assume but he's got to be. Trudeau. He's, he's got to be, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, French. yeah. I mean, that's, that is one of those French yeah, names. It is. So this says Canada, hang on, let me share the screen if it's actually going to let me this time. Oh, look at that, it did. Um, says, Canada has banned the export of some prescription medications in order to prevent a shortage in the country. Uh, the decision is in response to a U.S. plan that would allow for drugs to be imported from Canada to make them cheaper for Americans. Although the prescription drug prices in Canada are higher than some nations, they are cheaper than the U.S. because we have the big, big pharma that yes. jacks up prices on our medicine. Yeah, it's beautiful. A number of Canada's drug suppliers had warned that the plan implemented by President Trump would cause shortages. Well, there's a solution to that. You'll make more of them. Right? I know. It's called supply, supply and demand. demand. I mean, I don't know how long it takes to make prescription drugs, but um, as fast as you see, like, cocaine um, coming across the Mexican border, you think um, right. prescription drugs could come across just as right. easily. Yeah, <laughs> that's they need more tunnels. They yeah. they, they yeah. need to bring somebody from Mexico to be like, okay, how can we get <laughs> drugs we get into these the U.S.? Faster? Um, the says the pandemic has already increased demands for some medicines, according to the AFP news agency. A statement from Canada's health ministry said the country sources sixty eight percent of its drugs from overseas, and therefore it is was important to avoid any disruption to supplies. So they're already importing most of their drugs, so importing them to export them. Companies will now also be required to provide information to assess existing or potential shortages when requested and within 24 hours if there is a serious or imminent health risk. Mr. Trump signed the executive order in July to allow for the legal importation of cheaper drugs from Canada. A month later... Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, the French-Canadian, said he was happy to help other nations with their supplies if possible, but his priority was protecting the needs of Canadians. So initially he was okay with it. Right. But then um, drug makers, it says, have faced intense criticism from U.S. politicians, uh, including Mr. Trump, as well as insurance companies uh, and patients grow over the high cost of new medicines and price hikes in some older generic drugs. President-elect Joe Biden has previously spoken of potentially importing drugs to bring down costs. So Trudeau is saying no to both of those. Yeah. He's saying, like, uh, um, screw you, Trump, and screw you, Biden. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Because that's the French-Canadian way. <laughs> yes. When the English-Canadians are busy saying, sorry, um, the French yeah. Canadians, I think, are just giving us all a finger. I think so, too. So there's that. Anything else really to say about that? That's about that. I mean, sucks, but that's... that's. Uh, um, it's their prerogative. It's yeah. their drugs. That's, so. that's 
you know. We believe in capitalism. That's, I mean, if a company doesn't want to sell to another uh, competitive company right. or if or if it's um, affecting their supply, well, I mean, that's on them. I mean, yeah. it's on them to do that. We can say all we want. Oh, you're just being assholes. Well, right. if it's really affecting their right. yeah. <laughs> supply there, then yeah. Yeah. Make it available to your people first. That's right. great. Absolutely. But like you said, you know, if the solution is simply making more of it, why right. wouldn't you do that? Like I said, they they primarily import. They don't make oh, their drugs. Gotcha. So gotcha. That's so a big thing. We got to go to whoever their supplier is, and then maybe we can cut out Canada from the deal. They there don't you get go. anything. No more middleman. Nope. Sorry, Canada. It's probably somebody that we can't legally import that's from. That's probably true, yeah. It's somebody probably like Iran. <laughs> probably. More than likely. <laughs> Um, so that brings us back to, uh, wait, there is, uh, one other wait, thing with Canada. There's more. Quick. There's okay. more. Uh, Canada is unveiling their largest economic relief package, um, in regards to COVID. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. You got that one? I think so. Okay. Um, I'll go ahead and share it. Okay. So it says Canada unveils largest economic relief package since World War II. That's big. That is big. huge. It says, um, Canada's federal government will spend $100 billion in Canadian dollars, which is roughly... Five uh, bucks American? <laughs> $77 billion American okay. dollars, actually. Okay, okay. Or 58 billion pounds. To kickstart the country's post-pandemic economy. It is the largest economic relief package for our country since the Second World War, Finance Minister Christia Freeland said on Monday. Spending bill would bring deficit to a historic $381 billion. Man, that's really low. Really? Compared to U.S. numbers? Really wow. Low. wow. I wish ours was Canada. that low. You got to shoot for the stars there. Yeah, no kidding. But how high are their taxes there, though? Oh, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, I'm sure they, they evened it out with that. Yeah. The wide-ranging plan includes targeted relief for hard-hit business sectors, investments in long-term care homes, and distribution of a COVID-19 vaccine that we don't have yet. The announcement, the full, the first full fiscal update from Canada's liberal government since the onset of the pandemic comes as the country battles a steep second wave of COVID-19 infections. The number of active cases in Canada has more than doubled in November alone, bringing the total number of infections to more than 376,000, according to a tally from John, Johns Hopkins University. So far, more than 12,000 Canadians have died. When the virus is under control and our economy is ready for new growth, we will employ an ambitious stimulus package to be spent over the next three years, Ms. Freeland said in the House of Commons on Monday. Spending will amount to 3 to 4% of Canada's GDP. Hmm. Um, it says, Monday's fiscal plan pledges $1 billion to help provinces and territories improve infection control in long-term care facilities. Industries that have been particularly valuable uh, vulnerable to economic shutdowns like tourism, travel, and arts will be eligible for business loans up to $1 million with a 10-year term. And for Canada's lower- and middle-income family, package promises up to $1,200 Canadian dollars for each child under six. An additional $1 billion will also be directed to vaccine agreements. Canada has secured the most diverse vaccine portfolio in the world, Wow, she Go said. Canada. Canada has secured seven different vaccine purchase contracts, uh, enough for each Canadian to receive 10 doses free of charge. Do they need that, though? I mean, really, if the vaccine works, do you need 10? I mean, 
You got to make sure they're actually zombies before you stop. <laughs> I guess so. And to pay for the expensive plan, Canada will see its largest budget shortfall since World War II. Um, on Monday, Ms. Freeland defended the record deficit as affordable thanks to low interest rates and necessary for Canada's economy. As we have learned from previous recessions, the risk of providing too little support now outweighs that of providing too much. We will not repeat the mistakes of the years following the Great Recession of 2008. So, yeah, there's that. Um, I have a theory on this. Okay. Um, you know, well, I, I think, and we, we haven't gotten into this. We haven't decided when we're going to talk about this. But I I think we're going to see more and more countries do big stimulus plans like this mm -hmm. in lieu of the COVID. And it's all leading up to the big reset. Yeah. And we are going to talk about the big reset today. I've got some oh, stuff pulled today? up. I mean, we're going to intro the intro big reset. Into, okay. Okay. Just that's kind of. What I want to get into with uh, the whole Biden agenda thing right. is kind of this look towards this like globalized reset effort with right. the whole build back better thing. Right. It's, it to me looks like this plan to um, just kind of reset things. But yeah, I, I, I could see this being the direction, though, of other countries. Oh, yeah. Just like, well, let's just throw a bunch of money on it. Right. Because that's what we need to do. And I mean, look at Nancy Pelosi's yeah. like 1,500-page stimulus, $3 trillion stimulus bill. Yeah. So much less than this, uh, what did we say theirs was? Oh, it's like- uh, $100 billion. Yeah, right. As opposed to $3 trillion, Right. That's like yeah. 300 times or 30 times yeah. higher or something like that. But, you know, this, this MMT, you know- writing off the debt this is something like countries like iceland have they've been doing forever yeah you know it's like they just they get to a certain point they're like okay we're just gonna write this debt off and start over again you yeah know? so yeah well i mean what's the worst that could happen <laughs> the economy tanks the right. dollar is valueless i mean cannibalism that's cats and dogs that's living together. probably the worst that could happen is cannibalism <laughs> I asked, and you gave me a straight answer, I guess. What's the yes. worst that can cannibalism? You just went yes. straight for cannibalism. I, I did. I did. Well, you know, the, the whole Woodstock turkey eating thing is just still fresh uh, in my true. mind. That's so. true. Oh, man. So, yeah, there's that with Canada. Yes. So, now, can we can we come back to the United States Yeah, we can now? come south of the border. All right. Because um, I was going to, and then you interrupted. Well, I felt it was worth it. It was. You're right. So, that brings us here. And there is this new trend here it's in the United States. Terrible pants. Terrible pants? Oh, tearaway pants. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that the new trend? Is that new? No. Well, I mean, it was old, but it's coming back. I didn't I know think. it was coming back. I think terrible. it's coming back. No, this new trend is... Um, <laughs> it actually is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty terrible, yes. The new trend is... Um, there are several governors that are getting a lot of heat for the way they're handling the COVID crisis, for the way they're handling um, just everything that's going on. They, they deserve All the it. terrible things that they're doing right now, they're actually getting heat for it. Yes, Because they don't represent everybody in their state. They might re represent people in the cities or people in, like, certain areas. Yeah. But there are other people that don't like these no. things they're doing. Good, good. The good. first one being... Our favorite, Gavin Newsom, who, if you recall, 
we talked about he went to the party. Right. Yeah. And after then, really strict Thanksgiving regulations. Yeah. And, and then, then yeah. he came out and was like, sorry, guys, I, I should practice what I preach. Yeah. And I think I had said on the show, just like, if you actually believe what you're saying, that this is a life or death situation right. and you are risking your life by going and hanging out with your family, it wouldn't be, oh, I should practice what I preach. It would be like, oh, shit, I could have died right, right. there and yeah. I should not be doing this. Exactly. You clearly don't believe what you're saying. Yeah. So um, because of this um, dinner party that he went to, there have been reignition of calls to recall Gavin Newsom as governor, That's which good. is fantastic. Absolutely. I mean, if you don't like what your governor's doing, get with a bunch of people that don't like what your governor's doing and recall them. That's exactly. your constitutional right. Yeah. So this one says, uh, Governor Gavin Newsom highly criticized outing at one of California's most exclusive fine dining restaurants during the coronavirus pandemic this month has re reignited talks of recall, according to reports. The recall campaign was given new life after a judge last week granted conservative activists a 120-day extension until March 17th to finish gathering all these recall wow. signatures. Wow. So they have another, what, four months mm -hmm. to gather all the signatures they need to recall him. The campaign is supported by a committee, Rescue California, which is headed by former California GOP chairman Tom Del Beccaro, who described the court ruling as a potential game changer. Game changer. It makes all the difference in the world for us. So now we have an extended life and we're not competing with a presidential election anymore. So before, uh, um, they weren't getting traction because all the focus was on the election. Right. The activists hoped to capitalize on Newsom's latest misstep during the outbreak which prompted him to avoid reporters for a week, despite an increase in coronavirus cases, the paper reported. The French Laundry Outing, that must be the name of the restaurant, the yeah, French Laundry. Right. Again, the French, bringing the French back right. into it. That doesn't even sound like good food. That sounds gross. Yeah. Seemed to violate the coronavirus restrictions. It seemed to violate <laughs> his restrictions. A little bit. Little it bit. did violate his restrictions. Yeah. Um, Newsom has implemented on the state in addition to the blunder, Newsom was criticized for sending his kids to in-person private school. Oh, this yeah. guy is a shitbag. Oh, yeah, he is. So, good. Good. I'm glad they are trying to recall him because this guy, um, he's just power hungry. All he wants mm. to do is just, like, he got a little bit of power from the coronavirus and got yeah. a little bit of a executive yeah. power. And he just went over the edge with it. Yeah. And... Um, how long has California been off and on in lockdown since it's happened? Almost the whole oh, entire yeah. time. Right. Yeah, absolutely. The whole time. Businesses shut down. Um, his Churches. Can't go to church. Can't go to church. His stupid Thanksgiving rules yep. where you had like two hours. You had yep. to be outside. Yeah. All that stuff. <laughs> right. Only 10 people. He's fucking sending his kids to private school. Yeah. He's going to these um, fancy French laundry with, with 12 people, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, fuck that guy. Yeah. I hope he gets recalled he, because he is he scum. Yes. Speaking of scum. There's more. There's more scum. Um, the next <laughs> great scum uh, governor is uh, Andrew Cuomo. He's the governor, right? He is the governor. Okay. I can't keep straight because there's the- yeah, de Blasio's the de mayor. De Blasio's the mayor. He's the governor. Yes. So he had a strike against him um, this week when- the Supreme Court ruled against 
religious liberty, like his um, religious liberty things, like yes. closing the churches and things like right. that. Yeah. Specifically, uh, yeah, cases were brought up uh, by the, uh, the archdiocese of uh, of New York. The, so the Catholic. It's a lot of power there. Yeah. And also um, the synagogues of the the Jewish. So yeah, two big powerhouses coming after him. Yeah, it says a lawyer for the law firm that has brought a suit against the Democratic New York Governor Andrew Cuomo on behalf of the Catholic and Orthodox Jewish worshipers um, in New York praised the Supreme Court for ruling against Cuomo in a religious liberty case. Says Thomas More, Thomas More Society Special Counsel Christopher Ferreira, that's a long title, <laughs> applauded the late night Thanksgiving Eve decision. Um, saying the the Supreme Court has made it clear that the governors can no longer use a public health emergency as a pretext for dictates shutting or severely restricting the use of houses of worship while secular businesses and activities they deem essential and even certain favor non-essential secular businesses and activities are not subjected to the same draconian restrictions. What is considered safe for grocery stores, liquor stores, and massage parlors must be considered safe for churches and synagogues. Massage parlors? Yeah, massage parlors are essential. Well, you know Andrew Cuomo is yeah, a, right. a frequenter of Absolutely. the massage parlors. So it sounds like um, justice was kind of served there. I mean, we've ta- oh, been yeah. talking about this for, for months now. It's just like, why is it okay for one, right. but it's not okay for the other? Oh, yeah. Why is it okay for Walmart to stay open as essential, but a small business can't stay open exactly. as essential? Yeah. Well, and, and Democrats are, are livid over this. Oh, I mean, I'm sure they you, are. If you, you know, look at the different Democrat, you know, like pendants or whatever, it's like they cannot believe that that the Trump-appointed Supreme Court <laughs> justices are, are just ruining the, you know, throwing people into harm's way this way that they need to. Are they, though? Well, no, that I exactly. Mean, when, they're not. When your favorite massage parlor gets to stay open, aren't you throwing people in harm's way? Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's, it's, it's a double. It's a double standard. It and, is. That's all it is. But you know, it, Andrew Cromo is someone that you know you would think people would listen to. He's such an expert, you know, because yeah, he's um, winning Emmys or he's getting yeah, nominated he had an for Emmy Emmys. for his speech. And I I sent you a picture from his book at Barnes and Noble by Andrew Cromo called American Crisis. Leadership Lessons from the COVID-19 Pandemic. Maybe that'll be the first book of our book club. <laughs> I don't know if I can make it through that. Everyone will quit. And then afterwards, we're going to take a blowtorch to it. Yes. Yep. <laughs> on on screen. Yes. In the middle of this room right here. <laughs> yes. So, that's gross. Yeah, I know. It was, uh, yeah, I about, I about lost it in Burns and <laughs> You should have started throwing <laughs> the books across. Like, what the hell is this? <laughs> Yeah. Lastly, we got one more governor that is getting some flack. I'm sure there's multiple ones because oh, I know, yeah. like, the Michigan governor oh, yeah, is geez. all the time. Yeah, but, they're trying to impeach her now. But this article impeach. is recall. Well, this is Ohio governor is having articles of impeachment written against him. Yes. So, not even just recall this, they are um, bringing up impeachment charges for him. Obviously, it's the GOP that's doing it. Um, I like the recall ones because that's just the public signing papers. When it's right. the GOP, it's obviously politically motivated, but still hold yeah. them accountable for this all this bullshit that's going on because I'm tired of it. Oh, absolutely. So this is from Washington Times. It says several GOP state lawmakers have filed 12 articles of impeachment against Governor Mike Mike DeWine 
over their fellow Republicans' handling of the coronavirus pandemic. So he's a he's a Republican. Republican. Yeah. So it's not a politically motivated thing. Yeah. So good. Hold your own accountable too, just yeah. like you hold um, across the party lines accountable. Absolutely, that's good. The articles which were filed by Representative John Becker accused Mr. DeWine of numerous abuses of power in the past several months, including threats to veto a bill to limit the governor, governor's emergency powers. So he, they, they tried to write a bill to limit his emergency powers, and he threatened to veto this bill. Wow. Wow. That takes balls. That takes some serious balls. I will. I'll, I'll veto it. Go ahead. You just send whatever you want through, and I'm just going to veto it. Right. It doesn't matter. Governor DeWine's mismanagement, malfeasance, misfeasance, abuse of power, so malfeasance and that's, misfeasance. I know, that's wow. a lot of feasance. And other crimes include, but are not limited to, meddling in the conduct of a presidential primary election. Holy Me, shit, that's big. That's huge. I don't even know what that was about, but okay. Me neither. Arbitrarily closing and placing curfews on certain businesses while allowing other businesses to remain open. Again, just like mm -hmm. Andrew Cuomo did, playing favorites or yep. deciding... You being God and deciding, hey, this is essential, but this one's mm -hmm. not, and we don't care if uh, yeah. if it affects them in any way. He weaponized the Ohio Bureau of Workers' compensation to bully and harass businesses and the people to enforce a statewide mask mandate and other controversial measures of dubious, dubious value. I haven't heard that word in a while. I know. Making Ohio a hostile work environment. So he weaponized, it's basically... So the Ohio Bureau of Workers Compensation, I'm not sure what that is. Is that like the Better Business Bureau type? Yeah. So, I, so, so they harassed um, businesses and people who didn't enforce the mask laws right, and stuff. Yeah. So interesting. That's all on that article. Yeah. But, so um, then did you hear about the Denver mayor? No. Apparently he told people they needed to stay home for Thanksgiving, and then he flew to Houston to be Fuck with that family. guy. <laughs> and Fuck. then he came back. He said, I, "I am really sorry. It was unwise. Um, it was hypocritical. I shouldn't have done it." Again, again, yeah. the same thing Gavin Newsom said. Yeah. Um, how? Hey, this is a life safety thing. This is life or death. Yeah. And then I'm going to break this. And then all he has to say is. You know, that was a double standard. Yeah. It probably wasn't smart. No, you obviously right. don't buy the shit that you're well, preaching. And he comes back and he says, well, I, I booked the flight a month ago. He's like, um, okay, how many people have booked well, fucking exactly. flights? And, and he goes, it was a personal choice. It wasn't wise. I shouldn't have done it. But it, it's something that I had a desire to do. And I'm sorry. It was hypocritical. But isn't that the right of everybody that they should be able to do? That's what I'm saying. Is to make their personal choice to do it yeah. or not do it's it something i really wanted to do and then deal and, with the consequences right you know right and what makes these guys better than anybody else that's just it that's what they think they oh, are I know. They, I know they're the the elite that um yeah. we we impose our laws upon the commoners right. but that doesn't apply to us elitists right. let let them eat cake yeah yeah it, it's it's fucking bullshit like yeah. even even their apology oh, piss, yeah. their apology pisses me off more right. than what they actually did yeah. it's like you know I had this booked in advance. How many people had tickets booked in right, advance yeah. already? It was a personal choice. Yeah, and it was a personal choice. How many people want to make this personal right. choice and you are saying, no, don't do that? Yeah, exactly. You are scum and you should no longer hold you a freaking should, political office. You should be sent to the pit of despair. Yeah, yes. Absolutely. Dilly dilly. Um, we have a lot of stuff. I'm just going to breeze through some of these things yeah. because um, we've read several articles already. 
this one caught my attention, caught your attention, and it's no surprise to me. Like, no. we called it. Yes. Um, it says, local BLM chapters accuse National Foundation of hiding untold millions of dollars in donations yeah. from grassroots activists. Which show was it that we did that we just we showed how there's yeah. millions of dollars disappearing and going into these ghost funds? Yeah, right. It's like... No shit. <laughs> Good. Call them out on it. And this is what we have said from day one of this. Yeah. The local level might represent one thing, yep. but the all-encompassing national or international mm-hmm. level represents something completely different yep. that the local levels might not even have a clue that they represent. Absolutely. Yep. And the money is funding those other things. And now some of these grassroots local levels are calling them out saying, yep. hey, um, there's millions that aren't showing up. Where'd that go? Right. And so I'm sure that'll come out more. No, that's good. But 10, 10 local chapters are um, calling them out and says donations have called for increased transparent transparency and equity. Well, they should have been calling this out from day one. Right. Yeah. Any freaking nonprofit should mm-hmm. disclose, look, where where's this money going? Where's all Absolutely. this going to? Right. So it says chapters in Chicago, Denver, Hudson Valley in New York, Indianapolis, New Jersey, Oklahoma City. Philadelphia, San Diego, so all the big ones, Vancouver and Washington, D.C., signed on to a statement issued Monday condemning the Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation. So good. Yeah. Good. Um, Hopefully, hopefully they get what's coming to them, too. Yeah, Like, hopefully the whole thing gets disbanded and it it is a local level thing that's actually doing what some of these people think it should be doing. Absolutely. I, I I can support, I guess, um, local factions as long as they're not like militant militant or like yeah. burning businesses to the ground. Right. I can support a local level thing. I can't support an international conglomerate that right. you have no idea where the money's going to. And it's not yeah. going back to the these levels, yeah. the, the actual activists. Yeah. So that's all I'm going to say about that. We, we told you so. How yeah. about that? Yeah. I, I like we saw that. that coming. Yeah. Um, so now we'll get into the elephant in the room for the last three, four weeks is, uh, the, the legal voting scheme, the, the accusations, uh, Trump still pushing this, um, the lawsuits and this, uh, theory of illegal voting, which I say theory, but I think it's true. I think so too. I think there's probably a lot of legal voting. Yeah. So. Georgia's Secretary of State. There's a couple things about Georgia here, isn't there? Yeah, there's a lot. of Georgia's kind of a hotbed right now. Yeah, because Georgia Secretary of State um, opened 250 investigations into credible claims of illegal voting. And I think he was the one that was actually criticizing uh, the Republicans, saying that they were were putting pressure on him because, um, you know, they were saying there was fraud. He needed to look into it, but at the same time, he wasn't seeing any proof of it, so he, you know, was kind of ashamed of the Republican Party for doing that. <laughs> of course, and now he's coming out and pushing for 250 cases. All right. Well, maybe he saw something that made more sense. So this says Georgia's Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, a Republican, announced on Monday that the state of Georgia has opened 250 investigations. We just we just read that at a press conference. Raffin Raffensperger was careful to qualify his statements. So he's 
He's not going to own up right. to it too yeah. much. Yeah. So he's careful to not not make this look to be what yeah. it's not. That's probably best. Noting that dishonest actors were pumping massive amounts of misinformation into the media ecosystem. Raffensperger appeared to slam Trump's legal team without directly naming them, saying they were exploiting the emotions of many Trump supporters with fantastic claims. Um, Half-truths, misinformation, and frankly, they were misleading the president as well. So that sounds like Hmm. he's slamming kind of the Trump campaign. Right. But he's moving forward on some of these, it sounds like. As we move forward in the process, we will, will, as we always have, uh, continue to investigate credible claims of illegal voting and violation of state election law. There are currently over 250 open cases from 2020, and we have 23 investigators to follow up on that. Some of these include a charge, Gwinnett County, that absentee ballots outnumber absentee envelopes. Talked about that yeah. in several cases. This is the kind of specific charge that our office can investigate and ascertain the truth. We have multiple investigations underway surrounding absentee ballots in Fullett, Gwinnett, Cobb, and many other counties. We continue our investigation into hey. potential dead... Cobb County is my sister's county. Really? Yeah, I wonder if she screwed up. She probably did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, does she listen? Yes, yeah, she does. Okay, she probably screwed up. <laughs> We continue our investigations into potential dead, double voters, and non-resident voters, he continued. As we move to December 1st, the December 1st election, which is tomorrow, and the January 5th federal runoffs, we have to remain vigilant. I like how they use that word. I I think they just like wait to be able to spring that word. That is why I'm announcing an investigation into third-party groups working to register people in other states to vote here in Georgia. It's about time. It was that, uh, who's that chick that uh, is bragging that she had registered over 250,000 people or something to vote? This is out-of-state people they're registering to vote in Georgia. How does that even work? Right. We have opened an investigation to a group called America Votes, who is sending absentee ballot applications to people at addresses where they have not lived since 1994. (laughs) And you had kind of talked about that with that guy who supposedly voted in Wisconsin. Vote Ford, who attempted to register a dead Alabama voter, a woman to vote here in Georgia. Why'd they have to say it was a woman? It's just a dead voter. Right. Who cares at that point? A woman. <laughs> a woman dead voter. Damn it. Not just any dead voter, a woman dead because voter. Because women dead voter participation is up for Biden. Well, they have more emotions than men oh, dead gotcha. voters. That makes sense. The New Georgia Project, who sent voter registration applications to New York City, at Operation New Voter Registration Georgia, who is telling college students in Georgia that they can change their residency to Georgia and then change it back after the election. What the fuck is up wow. with all these scummy companies? No doubt. And, you know, college students probably don't know better. Oh, yeah, of course. Be like, oh, yeah, screw Trump. Yeah, so it says, in Georgia, where state law dictates a runoff if no candidate reaches 50% of the vote. Okay, so this is talking about the runoff coming up. We don't. We don't care about that. Not yet. That's going to be an important Oh, it will. Yeah. But there's not much to say there. Um, So it says, Raffensperger concluded the press conference by repeatedly reminding people that committing election fraud in Georgia, which includes voting in the state when a person is not a resident of the state, is a felony. Thank you for reminding us that, (laughs) Mr. Raffensperger. 
repeatedly reminding, not yes. just reminding, but repeatedly. repeatedly. So, still, still a fight going on. Yes. Um, there's at least some cases going. On. Sounded like with all those companies that um, he was investigating, there sounds to be pretty credible stuff there, right? To yeah. to make a claim, to make a case. Well, and you know that they weren't just operating in just Georgia. No, you know, so no, absolutely not. That you this might think... be the only state that's actually looking into it, right? Yeah. So then, Donald Trump, he's still in the fight. He, I mean, like we said, he hasn't conceded. He has allowed Biden to start his transition process, right. but he hasn't conceded. This week, three days ago, Trump claims Biden must prove votes weren't illegally obtained in order to enter the White House. How do you do that? <laughs> How does that happen? That would take some time. I don't even think we need to get into the story because... No. It speaks for itself. It speaks for itself. It's like how much, how long that would take? Literally, the next mm -hmm. four years. Yeah. And Trump would just sit in office and like, you know what? Yeah, you haven't come up with your proof yet. Nope. And nope. Then when Go he away until did, you come up with your proof. At the end of four years, Trump would be like, "Oh yeah, you're right. You were president. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> oh yeah, you were president, and now I'm gonna run again yeah, for this exactly. election since that wasn't my second term because that was technically your term." Sorry, didn't know that, did you? <laughs> I could see that. I could really see that. That'd be like the biggest uh, troll. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So, oh, I forgot about, we're still in Georgia. We still haven't left Georgia yet. Okay, we're back in Georgia. Um, We talked about the different problems with voting machines, with the different possible software. We didn't really speak too much on the Dominion voting machines, right. which... Some people claim are like a Clinton Foundation yeah, company, which I right. haven't seen haven't proof, seen proof of, that. of it. So yeah. there's conspiracy theories around that. But um, there's enough evidence, apparently, that a judge in Georgia um, is ordering that officials, um, it's blocking officials from erasing the data on these voting machines until after Sidney Powell's lawsuit is done. Which Sidney Powell is the one that's bringing up a lot of the crazier stuff, right? Um, with the voting machines, with the what was it called, the hammer and scorecard yeah, uh, software. Yeah. She's the one that's kind of the face of that. Right. While Trump and Giuliani pull away from her yeah. to say we don't got nothing to do with her, she's right. crazy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. until until she wins, they're like, right. like that was my idea the whole fucking <laughs> that, that's time. That's my girl. That's my girl. <laughs> <laughs> that was my that was, I mean, that was my idea, and they just yep. kind of like sweep her under the yeah, rug. Right. And she's just like well, I just. Yeah. Did all that for you. Yeah. Says a federal judge has barred Georgia officials uh, from clearing or tampering with results on voting machines in three counties as a result of a lawsuit filed by attorney Sidney Powell. They shouldn't be allowed to clear the voting right. results until, until everything until is it's official, yeah. which people are saying it's official, but it's not official not until official. the concession happens. Yeah. And matter of fact, um, Candace Owens won a lawsuit against Facebook mm. because she came out and said that, uh, you know, Biden's not president yet. He's not president elect yet. And then Facebook rated it as untrue. Yeah. And yeah. then she like, took him to court and it's like, um, prove it. Yeah. And well, so, he's not the president. Well, exactly. <laughs> he hasn't been enough. So they had to come out and they had to issue an apology to her right. and then like take away anything and then just say, you know, that, well, actually this was true. Sorry. We, uh, <laughs> Screwed the pooch on yeah. this one. Yeah, and I think a lot of this censoring is going to come up in court. I think soon. so too. It, it, it already kind of has yeah. a little bit. So I, I think you're going to see some of that kind of go away. I'm so. sure. 
So it says U.S. District Judge Timothy Batten Sr. issued a four-page order. That's a really short order. Four pages? Um, late Sunday, temporarily blocking officials in Cherokee, Cobb, and Gwinnett County. There you go, Cobb again. Wow. It's all wow. because you your saw sister. Those dead people. It's all because of your sister. She was in Cobb, you said, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Sorry, I keep calling out your sister. Sure, <laughs> she probably appreciates it. <laughs> From resetting Dominion election system voting machines. Powell filed a lawsuit last week uh, pushing for independent forensic investigators to get access to the machines. The judge gave the state until December 2nd to respond to his order with any arguments against allowing the inspections. It says, defendants are hereby enjoined and restrained from altering, destroying, or erasing, or allowing the alteration, destruction, or erasure of any software or data on any Dominion voting machine in Cobb, Gwinnett, and Cherokee counties. She should have pushed for all voting machines just I in case. Because yeah. they're like, only the Dominion. So they're like, all the other companies are like, oh, shit, let's erase ours <laughs> yeah, really exactly. quick. <laughs> Hurry, go, 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 go. So I'm sure it's not just yeah. one company. No, I'm, I'm they sure. They had to have spread it out to kind of yeah. um, not, <laughs> not put all eyes on this one company. Yeah. Uh, the temporary restraining order shall remain in effect for 10 days or until further order from the court. I had seen someone posted something that uh, it was like the only way to really certify this election is you take out the rolls through the ro voter road call mm -hmm. and you go through name by name, make sure that you, there's a vote that accounts for them. And that's it. If there's two forum across the country, then you eject it, you know? Yep. Well, we are getting that would take forever though. That would again, four years probably. Yes. <laughs> right. Exactly. We're getting close to the end of our hour. So I had a few other things, but it's not the most important thing. The one thing I just wanted to mention was while Trump is going through all of this crazy voter fraud stuff, he's finding time to pardon freaking Flynn. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not going to get too deep into that, but freaking, I mean, the guy, I, I, I don't even remember exactly, but um, he's in jail for... Or, I mean, he was charged with, I don't know if he was in jail still or not. Wasn't he released already? Uh, yeah, I thought he was. Uh, for lying and foreign lobbying cr crimes he committed in 2017. So, yeah. mostly it was for lying to the FBI. Right. And so, who knows? It could have been coerced. It could have been. There's right. so much there that yeah. I don't even want to dig into. There's more conspiracy play. theories about yeah. that. So, But... Of all the people he could pardon and his final He's hours. He's not done yet. He's not done That's yet. That's true. So they but, said Obama pardoned, uh, what was it, over, was it over 2,000 people in his last? Really? Oh, yeah. Well, Trump's been saying, he claimed at the beginning he was going to pardon, like, Snowden and, and he should. Um, Julian awesome. Assange. But that, I, I've heard other people say this, and I agree. Why hasn't he done it already? Right, why yeah. is he waiting till his final hour to right. pull that card yeah. out? It's no, like, I agree. Why haven't yeah. Why haven't you lived up to what you said you were yeah. going to? He should pardon all them, and then he should last act, put in term limits for government officials, Senate and rep representatives, and Congress, and then just drop the mic and walk yep. off. See ya, bitches. I'm yep. out. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not like I said. I'm not gonna dig too deep in that. I just wanted to say he he started his party his um pardon party with um Flynn. Yeah. Well, he already pardoned. Didn't he already pardon? What's his uh second yeah. in command guy that what was his um name? Stone? Yes. I can't think of his first name. Roger. Roger Stone. Yeah. Yeah. He pardoned him first, which everyone looked at that as like, well, of course you pardoned right. him. Yeah. And then the same thing with Flynn. 
Well, of course you pardoned yeah. this guy. He was in on the Russian collusion with right. you. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that doesn't surprise me at no. all. But I would like to see somebody more interesting get pardoned. <laughs> well, hopefully. So we're going to get out of here for this first hour. And uh, when we come back, like I said, we're going to talk some more about what we kind of hit on with this Biden agenda, this kind of yes. globalist agenda, digging maybe a little bit into this um, idea of the the Great Reset. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah, that other countries are, um, are calling for. Um, this lines up directly, I think, with the Build Back Better uh, mantra. Which Build Back uh, Better mantra to me is the new Hail Hydra. Like you, you, you say it and everybody knows you're on board. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So. Right. And this, well, I'll just save it for the next, I'll, I'll save all it for right, the next right, right, right. No more spoilers. We're going to get right into this break. And when we come back, that's what we'll talk about. We'll see you in just a few minutes. Hey everybody. I just want to take this time to give a big shout out to the very first sponsor of the break the bell podcast. That is goulash media they can be found at goulashmedia.net uh, goulash media specializes in graphic design web design audio recordings video work wedding videos uh, music videos even political campaign videos uh, goulash Me media caters to the little guy with the big vision you can check them out at goulashmedia.net that's g-o-u-l-a-s-h media.net have you ever thought that maybe voting, maybe all this politics constantly surrounding you is not the way to achieve freedom in your life? Hi, I'm Remsa W. Martinez, and I ask myself the same question. That's why I'm on a journey to find true freedom in my lifetime. From learning about financial independence, to new ways to develop rugged individualism, to amazing guests living strange, crazy, amazing lifestyles that you've only thought might be real, but actually are. Go ahead and check out my new show, On the Run with Remsel W. Martinez at the We Are Libertarians Network. You can find On the Run with Remsel W. Martinez on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. You know how the internet works. Come on down and let's discover how to achieve real freedom in your life together. Brad, welcome back to the second, I always say the second hour, but we're usually like yeah. an hour and 20 minutes in by this point. That's true. It's the second half. The second, uh, of content, though, because we yeah. get like the intro and that doesn't really count. Second segment of yeah. this. So here we are. We are back. We're not going anywhere anytime soon, but that's okay because you guys enjoy us or you want to still be listening 27 weeks in. Yes. Um, but here we are. We're just going to get right back into Joe Biden as president, what that would look like, what that seems to appear as. Because even when all the cards fall after Trump and his um, lawyers are done, I I don't see it really turning things around. Yes. I don't know if you – do you think there's any hope left for it to get turned around you in know, Trump's favor? I, I think if they if – they sincerely if they go full on ahead with this whole kraken theory right mm. um i mean it's it's possible but again i i feel like the damage that they would do i mean would be uh far worse than 
you know, mm-hmm. any benefit that would come from it. Right. I, I really feel like, you know, if they go ahead and with this whole theory that, you know, this there's this mass like um, you know, conspiracy to to throw over the election and they have enough cases that it goes to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court ends up, you know, somehow flipping things or doing a revote or something like that. I mean, I feel like the you really could be looking at some kind of civil war situation. Well, not only that, then we weren't even going to talk about this. this we're just just spitballing. You, you asked right the question. I know we're spitballing <laughs> now. It would delegitimize this election. Right. What other elections does oh, it yeah. delegitimize? All of them. The software that we mentioned, the possibilities of this "quote unquote" CIA developed um, hammer and scorecard software was developed to delegitimize other countries' elections in our favor to put our people in right. play there. What what all comes out of this? If if it does come out, if it does come to light, what comes out of this and how big of a mess would that be worldwide for us? Like, Oh, yeah. I mean, that... The United States would lose all credibility in the, oh, yeah. In the world. Yeah, because I guarantee we probably used it on our own allies. Oh, absolutely. You so, know we did. So, yeah. Um, not, not saying that we shouldn't expose... Right the all the fraud or right. expose any of this stuff but like you said it's gonna be a huge mess if it does uh, come but out. you know I, I i say you know if there's if there's a ghost in the machine if there's holes in the ship expose them mm-hmm. you know get them out there let everybody see them and see what what happens i mean if you got to pick up the pieces i'm not one to you know go along with the you know the the legends of the realm to give it a game of Thrones metaphor (laughs) to keep the peace and make everything look Mm -hmm. stable. You know, I'm one like, you know, (laughs) light the fires and see what happens. Right. Right. Especially if it's our own democracy at stake, if they're tampering with our democracy, then yeah, expose it. Absolutely. Burn down the rats and, and, you know, pick up the pieces that are left standing because those are the strong pieces. Let's say none of that happens though. And Biden does become president. That's what we're here to talk about today. It is, is yes. What does a uh, Biden presidency look like? And we kind of touched on it for a few minutes yeah. last week, and we felt that it needed a little more focus right. and time spent it, it, on it. I mean, it. it would it would be a third third term for Obama. Basically. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. I mean, it would be continuing that. Again, you know, as I said before, I'm not a true, you know, rah rah Trump guy. I'm a I like him because he's a wrench in the machine. Yeah. You know, I like him because he throws off the plans. Yeah. Like and, I said last week, it's the, he was a four year hiccup in right. this uh, agenda. Right. And toward- now I feel like they're getting back on track with Biden, you know, back to the globalist agenda, back to the U.N. agenda of trying to bring it all back together. Right. And um, and that's what they're going to go with. Yep. Well, to start this off, I have this article. We talked a little bit about his picks last week and how they were like blatant, like Obama people oh, yeah. or Clinton era people. Yeah. And so it was Yellen and Kerry and yeah, business as usual type people. Um, one of his other picks, um, he's announced his pick for the OMB, which is the Office Management and Budget, the White House Office of Management and Budget. Um, he chose. Uh, Nira Tandon for this position. She's the president of the Center for American Progress. Does that sound progressive? It's extremely progressive. <laughs> it has it right in his name. And she's a close friend of former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. So she's a Clinton friend. Oh, you know so, what that means. Yeah. 
Yeah, so a new bright and shiny face. Um, apparently, this is eliciting criticism on both sides of the political article, uh, political aisle. This article says, um, "Let me pull this up." Nope, I'm not going to pull it up because it's not going to let me. I'll just read it. It says, um, "The USA Today noted." Well, first of all, it says Senator John Cornyn of Texas said Tandon stands zero chance of being confirmed. USA Today noted that Tandon has issued 87,000 tweets since joining Twitter in 2010. Garrett Ventry, who served as a communications aide to the committee chaired by Senator Charles Grassley, formerly of Iowa. Is he currently of Iowa? Is he? Yeah, he is. Oh, he is. That, yeah. That's how little I know of my state <laughs> politics. Uh, he noted, watching uh, Neera Tandon delete all her negative tweets about Republican senators is hilarious. Her nomination is already a funeral. So apparently she's going back and scrubbing her Twitter That's posts. That's awesome. Um, because uh, she was nominated for this. And um, they're they're basically all saying, nope, never going to happen. She has 0% chance. Mm. Says Brianna Joy Gray, the former press secretary for Senator Bernie Sanders' presidential campaign of 2020, said Tandon was a woman who is openly disdainful of Bernie Sanders and his coalition but who is friendly with extreme bigots online. <laughs> Everything toxic about the corporate Democratic Party is embodied in Neera Tandon. Other criticism abounded. It was noted that Tandon supported the Jill Stein recount fundraiser after the 2016 election, tweeting, nothing has made me like this recount more than the response it has elicited from Trump. So, hmm. pretty much... She's just kind of... She's toxic. Yeah, on both sides. Like, yeah. nobody likes her. The, yeah. the Sanders people don't like her, even though she's the president of this um, American progressive... Yeah. She's one group. of those, um, you know, useful idiots. She's yeah. one of those that, uh, you know, she's got this organization that pushes the their their agenda, but as, as long as she's out of the, the limelight, you know, and she's behind this organization, she's fine. You know, but when she starts talking, you know, and she's out in the open, it's like... Okay, someone's got to shut her up. Yeah. Yep. So I just thought it was funny that she no, was scrubbing is. her Twitter post and everyone's coming out against her. There's yeah. no nothing about her it is going to get through this nomination process. So if neither side likes her. I wonder if, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure he's got some favors. He has to call in with the Clintons. And oh, maybe yeah. Hillary's like, okay, pick her. She'll take care of you, you know, because I, I she wants to have her hands in things, too. And as we mentioned, some of his other picks um, for different cabinet positions, they're just like straight, pure globalist oh, yeah. agenda. Like, oh, yeah. there was that one guy, I can't I can't remember all their names, but... Fick Ficklin? F Finklin or something yeah. like that. Like, he was proudly a supporter of oh, globalist yeah. agenda for yeah. um, getting our fingers back on the, the global playing field. Mm -hmm. He was the one that came out and said, we need to get stronger with our allies to counter against China yeah. and things like that. Then there was um, the the Fed lady. Oh, Yellen. Yellen, yeah. That um, she was the former head of the Fed. Yes. And now and she. That's never a good thing. No, and we're we're gonna dig into that yeah. too. Like, there's some stuff there that talks about how they're trying to combine the balance sheets of right. the Federal Reserve with the balance sheet of the Treasury. The Treasury, which, she's which now she, Secretary of Treasury, yeah, if he's Biden becomes president, nominating her for the Secretary of Treasury. So yeah. that only makes sense, right? And so, purely communist agenda. If it goes that way, oh, yeah. that we were listening to a, yeah. um, 
a video today of a guy talking about of how basically once the Federal Reserve and the national balance sheets combined, um, they write off the debt. Yeah, the debt's gone, but the government owns basically everything at that point. Yeah. So communism, its definition. Right. Um, the ab- abolition of pr- uh, private privately owned property that's communism and right. by definition so but we're not going to dig too deep in that that's a later episode because that goes that's a rabbit trail we listened <laughs> we to had like an no hour. idea how deep we were getting into yeah. that with that one we were listening on a van ride today yeah um, about a guy talking about that and man we listened for an hour and we're yeah. just like holy fuck we just started looking into this you know build back better thing. And then all of a sudden we just started spiraling down to wonderland. Right. <laughs> so yeah. Um, he, he's trying to get it back us back into these different organizations mm-hmm. that Trump pulled us from like the world health organization, yeah. the Paris climate, the Paris climate thing. Yeah. Um, there was, um, different stuff with different, like the Iran nuclear deal. Right. He's talked yeah. about, and even Iran's kind of in support of him getting into office because oh, yeah. they think he'll reinstate this nuclear deal that yeah. was an Obama thing. So mm-hmm. it would only make sense that mm-hmm. he would push back, pull that back into back into play. But then, like you said, we started looking into more of this build back better thing because mm-hmm. as we touched on very briefly, this wasn't a Joe Biden <laughs> original. Right. This was surprisingly. Yeah. This is a <laughs> mantra that's been going on. And when when we talked about it last week, we said it was a UN thing mm-hmm. that came up and started being used early this year with COVID. Right. What I didn't realize is this has gone back even like much, much further. And our favorite person, one of our favorite people was one of the first to popularize this. And that was freaking Bill Clinton. Yes. With their, with their wonderful Haiti. Uh, no, mission. well, it started before that. It started with the tsunami. Oh, that's right. In Japan. Now, uh, Indonesia. Oh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, So I have this article here, and this isn't a bash Biden author. This is like an anti-Trumper, but he is completely, this is an op-ed, but it it says a little bit about um, this Build Back Better slogan. Um, But yeah, like I said, this guy is an anti-Trumper, so we voted for Biden specifically because he hates Trump. So you'll hear a lot of like Trump bashing in this. But this article is titled, Build a Better Slogan, which I I thought was funny. All right, so this article, like I said, is titled, Build a Better Slogan by Jonathan Meyerson Katz. So this, uh, there's a fun picture of uh, Bill Clinton. Says, I'm going to vote for Joe Biden for pretty much the same reason Bernie Sanders is, because the only other option is allowing an incompetent kleptocratic murderer and his racist authoritarian movement to remain in power and make everyone's lives worse. Mm. You can tell he's not a fan of Trump. A little bit, a little bit. He's a kleptocratic murderer. That kind of choice is bound to come with some indigestion. Here's Mm. mine. Those of you who live with me through the 2010 Haiti earthquake or read my book detailing the catastrophically bad U.S.-led international response to it can join me in banging our heads against our desk. (laughs) Build Back Better was Bill Clinton's slogan throughout the shambolic recovery, a failure which he led and thus was more responsible for than any other individual. So he's claiming Bill Clinton Clinton holds most of the responsibility for the failure of the Haiti recovery. Oh, I believe that. (laughs) Unrecovery. Yeah, right. Have they even recovered yet to this point? No, it's in worse shape now. Yeah, yeah. 
So he says, I reached out to Biden's press team to ask if that's where they got their name of his economic disaster recovery plan. No one got back to me, but it seems likely for several reasons, not least the fact that Biden was vice president during the earthquake and all that followed. Jill Biden visited Haiti with Michelle Obama in the spring of 2010, just after Bill and Hillary co-hosted a UN donors conference at which the slogan was repeated endlessly. So again, like this was popularized back then. Right. I don't even remember I don't this either. being used. Yeah. Like most people that hear Joe Biden, they're like, oh, that that's a catchy slogan, Bill Back Better. Right. Yeah. A nice alliteration. Yeah. This was a big thing, big mantra back during the Haiti recovery. Hmm. Says if this was just a tone deaf coincidence, likely to be noticed mainly by a few million Haitians, some of whom vote in Florida, but still, I would have kept this observation to occasional dyspeptic tweet. But I fear it might be deeper than that. Build back better, as I regret to inform you, it is formally known in this in the disaster response world is a persistent idea with a bad track record. Real heads know Clinton didn't come up with the slogan for Haiti. He premiered it a few years earlier in the wake of the 2004 Indian Ocean tsunami. The U.N. Secretary General Kofi Annan had tapped Clinton to be the U.N. Special Envoy for Tsunami Relief because he has all the— Oh, yeah. He's got all the requirements. Things that that blow. A job focused mostly on public relations and encouraging foreign governments to support national-led efforts particularly in the hardest-hit areas of Indonesia. 2006, Clinton's UN office published a short report on the lessons they learned titled Key Propositions for Building Back Better. So he wrote a report on this. Interesting. Um, And that's where the slogan was born. I don't know if, like I said, he wrote it, but it was popularized back then. Right. All the way back in 2004. Many of the principles outlined in the report sounded fairly good on paper. Recovery must promote fairness and equity. Local governments must be empowered to manage recovery efforts. Uh, Good recovery must leave communities safer by reducing risk and building resilience. The problem was that on paper was the only place those principles seemed to exist. Mm. While the term build back better was widely used in Aceh, which is in Indonesia, it meant vastly different things to different actors. Humanitarian response expert Lillian Fan wrote, Basically, everyone involved, governments, aid groups, and other non-governmental organizations could interpret it to mean whatever they want, which was generally along the lines of, please give us more money to do what we're already doing. So it's basically a fundraising slogan, like, give us more money, and we're not really going to do much (laughs) with it. Clinton next went to Haiti for the UN in 2009 to spearhead the international response to different disasters. A series of four back-to-back-to-back-to-back tropical storms and hurricanes. I didn't realize it was four. And that was before the earthquake. He brought the slogan with him. Last year's natural disasters took a great toll. But Haiti's government and people have the determination and ability to build back better. It's like, dude, that's rerun. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen this one before. Not just to repair the damage done, but to lay the foundation for the long-term sustainable development that has eluded for so long. Then the earthquake struck eight months later. Basically, this guy is saying, this isn't original to Joe Biden. This isn't original even to the UN. This was, this has been a disaster relief mantra for right. years now. Yeah. And uh, and they have really tied resilience into 
the Build Back Better. I mean, everything I see about it now includes building resilience. Yeah. Well, this next article, I'm not going to read this article, just the title alone, because this is praising the mantra of building back better, because it's right. talking about building back better in Aceh, in Myanmar, and in Haiti. And it is titled, Disaster as an Opportunity. Mm. And that says so much to me yep. about just the Build Back Better. Never, never let a, a good disaster go to waste. Right. And I've heard, like, we listened to several videos about it, and I've read several articles on it. And some of the things that I pick up on is the whole idea is basically taking a crisis or, say, mm -hmm. like the pandemic, mm -hmm. and using the funding to <laughs> you, to promote your opportunity. And a yeah. lot of it is going towards this, like, um, green policies and right. and um, yeah. the whole, uh, like, crisis climate or, mm -hmm. crisis, or climate crisis and things like that. Right. Stuff that really, I mean, doesn't have a lot to do with the actual right. yeah. thing itself. Yeah, and that's, yeah, something that, again, we, we saw in, in the videos we watched and what we read is that... You know, the, the, of course, pandemic, COVID is this next new crisis, mm -hmm. right? And there's been devastation on the economy, and they're going to have to build new jobs, and they're going to go the green way to, mm -hmm. you know, build these jobs, build the economy to build us past COVID. For more but, resilience. But wait, wait, we're also going to build back better with resilience because we're going to avoid climate change at the same time. Yeah. Which has nothing to do with COVID, but we're going to slip that in there. But climate is the next big... COVID. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, and that's how they're painting it. It's it's really, you know, it, it's really all in the presentation and the optics of it. And it's really sad that people buy it. <laughs> and as we mentioned, it's, it's not just like a few people like capitalizing oh, no. on this. It's becoming like a UN agenda. Like yeah. we said, they translated into like 13 different languages or yeah. something. Yeah. So all these politicians are using the same phrase. Yeah. It's this nice catchy phrase like, yeah. oh yeah, who who doesn't want to build back mm -hmm. better? We, we don't want to build back worse. Of course we want right. to build back yeah. better. And it, you know, it's a focus on wind and solar. And it's a focus on um, building green jobs. And then the third one that you don't hear them talk about is they're going to, they're going to fix capitalism. Yeah, they're going to rework capitalism to make it better, and which is going to look a lot like socialism. Hmm. <laughs> so, and, yeah, let's just let's just recreate, let's rebrand capitalism. Yeah, exactly. Let's just use the take out all the good, take the good parts of capitalism, just the word capitalism, and then just <laughs> <laughs> right. Change everything else about it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, people are still glom on it because we're still in a capitalist society. Just right. everything about capitalism has changed because exactly. for the better, obviously. Uh, obviously. For more resilience. Yes, exactly. And we're going to get into that too because that goes even deeper. But um, yeah, there was just, just this whole idea that just that title alone, disaster as an opportunity, that just sounds mm – -hmm disgusting to me it does Absolutely. and if you look if you're a true conspiracy theorist and look into like some of the stuff with the clinton foundation in haiti like how many millions of dollars oh, yeah. billions of dollars were pumped into haiti mm -hmm. through the clinton foundation and how much has actually come out of it mm -hmm. like you said they're worse off now than they were before what where did that money go exactly yeah 
I mean, if if you right. want if you want to dig into it, maybe in a bonus episode we'll dig into the Clinton Foundation in Haiti because mm-hmm. that gets dark yeah. and deep. Right. Like if you buy some of the stuff talking about like human trafficking. Oh, and I, like I wouldn't that. put any any of it through it at yeah. all. Yeah. So, so um, all this stuff, and I I feel that this is going to be the direction of the Biden administration mm-hmm. with this Build Back Better. First of all, to build back better, you got to pr- pretty much break it down all the way down to the foundation to build it back better. Right. He's not saying, hey, we're just going we're going to reinforce what we already have. We're going to take it out. And then if you look at close, shutting down the economy or shutting down businesses or all this stuff that's in place that's actually hurting us more than it's helping us. Yeah. I mean that that it seems to be the direction it's going. Let's- Absolutely. I mean, and um, I, one of the videos we watched—I don't remember which one—said that this is this is the big push on um, that Agenda Twenty One that we had talked about, you know, mm-hmm. months ago. We didn't get into it, but you know, this is you know this big push into globalization. You know, yeah. where you know the UN is is you know kind of recreating this like global model of of you know social justice of, mm-hmm. you know, determining like what proper healthcare is and what, you know, society should be like. And, you know, and now they're using climate change, you yes. know, to even get their fingers even deeper into things, yeah. you know, into the economies where they're going to shift away. And Joe even said in the, in the uh, debates that he's going to shift away from petroleum and oil and from coal and move towards more sustainable energy sources well, you said you had an article about the Green New Deal, AOC's oh. um, green yeah. well, stuff, because I- um, that AOC's Green New Deal, to me, seems to be pretty much paral- paralleled yes. with what um, this whole UN model of the Build Back Better that we kind of talked a little bit about last week was, and all this moving from this petroleum base, like you said, into this, like, Green, more sustainable, more resilient future. Right, exactly. Um, let's see here. A package of United States legislation that aims to address climate change and economic inequality. Who proposed this? <laughs> the the squad? <laughs> it is the squad. Uh, it is, um, let's see, a pair of resolutions sponsored by AOC, mm-hmm. Senator Ed Markey from Massachusetts. It was first coined... In 2007, by Thomas Friedman, and was picked up by the Democrats. Um, it was popularized through the United Nations Environment Program. There are proposals to include the Green New Deal or parts of it in the recovery program from COVID-19 pandemic in the U.S. In the European Union, in April 2020, the European Parliament called to include the European Green Deal in the recovery program for COVID-19. Disaster as an opportunity. Yep. The Green New Deal wing began to emerge in the Democratic Party in November of 2018. A week after the 2018 midterm elections, climate justice group Sunrise Movement organized a protest in Nancy Pelosi's office. Um, On the same day, freshman Congresswoman AOC launched a resolution to create a committee on the Green New Deal. It says here, released a 14-page resolution for their Green New Deal. In 2019, the approach pushes for transitioning the U.S. to use 100% renewable zero-emission energy sources, including an investment in electric cars, high-speed rail system, implementing the social cost of carbon, which would be a carbon tax, Mm -hmm. 
Um, let's see. And state-sponsored uh, green jobs. Also aims to address poverty by aiming much of the improvements in the frontline and vulnerable communities, which include the poor and disadvantaged people. To gain additional support, the resolution includes calling for universal health care, increasing the minimum wage, and prevent uh, monopolies. By guaranteeing a job with the family-sustaining wage, adequate family and medical leave, paid vacations, and retirement security to all people of the United States. Providing all people of the United States with high-quality health care, affordable, safe, and adequate housing, economic security, and access to clean water, clean air, healthy and affordable food, and nature. Is nature expensive? I don't know. Uh, providing, <laughs> providing resources, training, and high-quality education, including higher education to all people of the United States. Meeting 100% of the power demand in the United States through clean, renewable, and zero-emission energy sources. Repairing and upgrading the infrastructure in the United States, including by eliminating pollution and greenhouse gas emissions as much as technologically feasible. Building or upgrading to energy-efficient distributed and smart power grids. And smart power grids, that means they get to determine how much power you're using on your heat and air. <laughs> oh, great. So I've heard uh, someone from a socialist comp- country, they were talking about this, that um, that the um, government decides when your air and heat come on. So that way you're not using too much energy. What? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I like my air on when it's like exactly 60 degrees right. out. Yeah. Just because it's hot in my house. Like when this room gets like freaking roasting and it's 50 degrees out, we click the air on to cool it off for a few minutes. The government's going to tell us we can't do this. Absolutely. So we got to pass out because the government said so. <laughs> exactly. Upgrading all existing buildings in the United States and building new materials to achieve maximal energy efficiency, water efficiency, safety, affordability, comfort, and durability, including through electrification. Overhauling transportation systems in the U.S. to eliminate pollution and greenhouse gas emissions from the transportation sector as much as is technologically feasible. Zero emission vehicle infrastructure and manufacturing, clean, affordable, and accessible public transportation, and a high-speed rail system. Spurring massive growth in clean manufacturing in the U.S. and removing pollution and greenhouse gas. Working collaboratively with farmers and ranchers in the U.S. to eliminate pollution and greenhouse gas emissions from the agricultural sector as much as technologically feasible. So So back to the smart grid. Yes. My conspiracy mind takes me to, obviously, as dark as it can get. So... um. Most things that can be used for good also will be used for bad, mostly. You know it. Um, so if you go against the grain, they could just shut off your utilities with this smart system. I mean, now they're trying to do it. Now yeah. in California, they were threatening to shut off people's utilities if they didn't abide by their, their, their COVID mandates. Absolutely. They were threatening to shut off their electricity and water. So if you get a smart grid and you're going against the grain, going against their mandates that aren't laws because they're not legislated. So they're not laws, they're mandates. If you're going against that, they can just shut you off immediately. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, carry on. No, no, that's all I got. Um, As I look at the um, people who support the bill, um, there are quite a few of them that are part of Biden's cabinet. Well, of course. So obviously. And that just says to me again, like, we're capitalizing on a crisis such as mm-hmm. COVID and just to 
let, let's take this crisis, this pandemic, and let's just completely change the structure of the country altogether. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's just change um, our housing, our medical, our the way we produce, the way we transport ourselves, the way we heat our homes, the way we build our homes. Let's just level it. And what what was the mantra? Build it back better. Build it back better. And yeah. they, the estimate on this is that it would cost... $93 trillion over the next decade. <laughs> oh, man, that just puts that freaking Canadian um, deficit. <laughs> it makes it look like pennies, like yeah. like something uh, I could just find on the street. its potential cost at $600,000 per household. <laughs> oh, that, that sounds like affordable living there. Right. Great. Yeah. Fantastic. Build we'll, back better. We'll give you a, an affordable wage, but then we're going to take 90% of it because you're going to owe... Um, more than you will probably ever make in your lifetime. Yeah, yeah. So is that the uh, the future track? I mean, that certainly seems to be what Build Back Better is, is shooting for. I mean, that's the way other countries are heading. Yeah. That's the way the UN wants it, mm -hmm. looking at their Build Back Better strategy. Right. So, yeah. I mean, if we continue on this Biden course, yeah, we're going to be there. And then, as you said, capitalism as we know it, does not exist. It right. gets rebranded as whatever that is, whatever right. that mess is. And we have geniuses like Ocasio-Cortez spearheading this. So, mm -hmm. you know, she has all the kinks worked out Absolutely. and all the yeah. bugs because worked out. She's an out. economic mastermind, isn't yes, she? Yes, she is. She is an economic major. So yeah. she knows, mm -hmm. she knows these things, how yeah. this works. So, yeah. But it, I mean, it seems to me, and almost like that that essay that the guy read in the video that we'll talk about some other time, about like what the future plan is by twenty thirty. It, it seems like this the plan for the new green deal was written by a seven year old who really wants to get rid of climate change yeah. and and wants the perfect earth. You know, well, if you write for a seven year old, mm -hmm. you can manipulate more quicker. Absolutely, because it's understood by all of them. I mean, you yeah. can indoctrinate your children. I mean, mm -hmm. if you write it for a seven-year-old, seven you can indoctrinate it into the schools, into the public school system. Right. You know it's probably already in there. Oh, yeah, It's absolutely. getting weeded in there. Oh, it yeah. has to be. Well, I'm sure they talk about, you know, climate change all the time in schools. Was education anything that was changing in there? Oh, yeah. They, everybody has a right to higher education. Yeah, and so everybody gets a college education for free. Yeah, and it's obviously government-sponsored education. Which... Absolutely. And we, we're already seeing the fruits of that, though, or the, the roots of that, and with this whole, you know, Biden wanting to do away with, you know, student debt. What happens to the colleges? <laughs> All the private colleges go out of business. Well, they'll still see their money. I mean, they'll still... But they'll be government... They'll no longer be private colleges at that exactly. point. They'll be government-ran. Government-sponsored colleges. Yeah. So... Yeah, and a government-sponsored college has is going to probably have to meet certain requirements mm -hmm. of their curriculum. So, mm -hmm. government-sponsored brainwashing. I mean, but well, there's already government. Exactly, all the colleges already are government-sponsored yeah. brainwashing. But, but what, what's the? I mean, you know, this is what Biden and the Democrats may want. But what's the feasibility of it? I mean, you well, know. yeah, you said what ninety-three trillion dollars. Yeah, I mean that's. Again, and and you got flyover country, you know, that is almost entirely red. Mm -hmm. You know, you have, you know, a Senate that is almost primarily Republicans, depending on how the runoffs go in Georgia. Right. 
I mean, so you got to get, and you got a Supreme Court that's primarily conservative. Right. You know, so you just, you got a lot of hoops there. Then you make a disaster, right. like an election disaster mm-hmm. that just completely puts it all to shit. And then you build it back better. Right. I mean, is that the direction it goes to? Do they form a crisis in the election process that breaks down and completely delegitimizes our entire election process? So then they have to kind of rethink how we we do elections from now on, rethink Mm -hmm. how our government is structured. Who knows where this goes? Right. Yeah. I mean, somebody did a lot of warp gaming on this to determine... You know, yeah. How how what's the best path to do it? Yeah, you know, this isn't just like oh, I had a thought spur of the moment, right? No. This is something that's been in the works for quite a while, right? And it's not just a U.S. led thing. This is a UN driven, right? Um, globalist agenda. Yeah, and this is right where Joe Biden seems to be pointing us in the direction mm-hmm. of. So we talked about how, in order to build something back better. You can't just, like, patch up the holes in what's already here. You have to completely tear it down and start from scratch. And that's what this Green New Deal is. Mm -hmm. I mean, you'd have to, you'd have to pretty much, we'd have to live through shit for a while in order to come back to this point. We'd have to, they'd have to break the system down and bring it back. And um, that doesn't seem too out of the question either. And right. there are people that are actually calling for this, yeah. this whole, and you, you mentioned this in the first half, this whole great reset movement. Mm-hmm. That's a global movement. Right. This article is from Fox news. So obviously they're not Joe Biden fans. Right. But this says Joe Biden's disturbing connection to the socialist great reset movement. That just sounds scary as fuck to me. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, let's just hit the button. Yeah. And let's reset it all. Yep. Tear it down, build it back up. So, let me pull this one up. All right, so it says, A radical movement called the Great Reset, embraced by some Democrats, poses a grave threat to liberty and free markets in the United States around the world. Like you said, capitalism rethought. While former Vice President Joe Biden hasn't endorsed the movement, his ties to it are growing as he changes his long-held policy views to appease the far left. While it hasn't gained widespread attention, the Great Reset is perhaps the biggest danger to capitalism and individual rights since the collapse of the Soviet Union. That's big. That's pretty big. What is the Great Reset? Simply put, it's a growing movement backed by many of the world's most powerful business leaders, government officials, and left-wing activists that aim to push the reset button on the global economy. It would destroy the current capitalist system and replace it with a progressive and modern socialist system with a special emphasis placed on the eco-socialist policies like those contained in the Green New Deal that you just talked about. Mm -hmm. Every country from the United States to China must participate in the Great Reset, and every industry from oil and gas to tech must be transformed. In short, we need a Great Reset of capitalism, wrote Klaus Schwab who is the head of the World Economic Forum. He's the Dr. Evil guy. He is. About. Oh, my gosh. He <laughs> is this, like, 82-year-old German um, engineer guy that um, formed the World Economic Forum, which is basically the World Economic Forum is a bunch of rich elitists that get together every so often and decide what is best for us commoners. 
It's so nice of them. It's pretty pretty much what it is. It's all yeah. like these big corporate people, these big um, politicians. They all. It's kind of yeah. like um, um, what's that forum that meets all the time? No, not the G twenty. Um, the G two or the, the the summit. Yeah, where they get together. Right. And, yeah, G twenty summit. Yeah. Um. There's another one too where. It, it's just like all these elitists get. It's like Bill Gates goes to it, and mm-hmm. and all these elitists go together. Oh, I'm sure Bill Gates is part of the world economic. Probably, he has got to be. Um, yeah, but it's just another one of these groups of rich people getting together in yeah. somebody's rich mansion and deciding what's best for our world mm-hmm. and how can we make this world a better place for everyone. So this Klaus Schwab, like we said. I mean, if you'll listen to him, he just sounds oh, like yeah. the a Doctor Evil type or yeah. or a Hydra type or yeah, something right. like somebody yeah. who is an evil super villain, yeah. super villain. But yeah, he's the the founder of the World Economic Forum. I, if I met him, I would just ask him and be like, "Okay, I just want you to say, no, Mister Bond, I expect you to die." <laughs> <laughs> It says policy ideas offered by Great Reset advocates include government-provided basic income programs. We've talked about that. Universal health care, massive tax increases, and the Green New Deal. Damn it. Stupid computer. Schwab, the World Economic Forum, and international figures like Prince Charles are currently leading the campaign for a Great Reset. I didn't know Prince Charles. <laughs> Prince Charles, really? Yeah, he's trying. But come on, Prince Charles. Nobody takes him serious. No. For example, at a campaign event in July, Biden said, we need to end the era of shareholder capitalism. A major part of the Great Reset proposal that would alter how companies are evaluated, elevating social justice causes and climate change concerns over property rights. Again, there goes back to... The abolition of property rights. Exactly. We're now elevating social justice causes over property rights. It's not saying we're getting rid of it just yet. Right. But that shouldn't be the important thing on your mind. But it was like that, you know, what we saw at the, that used to be the slogan for the World Economic Forum. You know, the guy saying that, you know, I own nothing. Yeah. I have no privacy. Yeah. And I'm more happy for it. That you know. that's something I want to dig into in another episode. Yeah, get deeper into this World Economic Forum because they're they're sketchy and they are. I've never heard terrifying. of them before. And uh-uh. yeah, they they they're straight communist. Oh yeah, socialist says instead of worrying about profits, opponents of the shareholder capitalism argue companies should be more focused or forced to focus on stakeholders, which is just another way of saying the collective. So they shouldn't focus on their profits, which. Right. How do companies run if they're not? I was going to say it's business, but that's that's the capitalist mindset that you have. You shouldn't have that capitalist mindset. Gosh darn it! Should be for the greater good, the collective. Like I've said before, America is an individualistic society, and capitalists like other countries are more collective, like kind of the hive mentality, Mm -hmm. where it's for the greater good, and that's what they want across the the globe. Like we should have this collectivist. Right. For the greater good mentality, not a profit mentality. Yeah. They're going to have to put Americans into re-education camps. Oh, That's you'd all have to. to. Yeah. Right. You would absolutely and, have to. Because we've been raised since birth. You yeah. Know? I mean, except for, I guess, the new generations, you know, the younger kids now, you know, they're more about the collective. They're more about the right. humanist society where, you know, you, you 
everybody looks out. And that's what they've been trying to do with the whole mask thing. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, look out for your neighbor, wear a mask. Yeah, you know, right, right. Be, com- be compliant for the good of all. You yeah. Know? But like you said, the, the older generations, right, up to like World War II vets that are still alive, they're, they were raised on this. You'd have Absolutely. to completely reset their thinking, their yeah. way of thought. Because, I mean, all our ammo stocks that, that we own say that we're thinking otherwise. Right. And we're, and we're ready to fight for it. Yeah. Right. So it says Klaus Schwab and other great reset leaders have been making arguments against shareholder capitalism for literally decades going all the way back to the 70s. But only recently spurred by concerns about climate change and wealth inequality has it gained any traction. Yeah, they probably jumped on whatever was the most popular leftist idea so you could gain the traction for your agenda. Again, using one um, crisis or or catastrophe or something to capitalize Mm -hmm. and push your agenda. This is what they're doing with COVID. This is what they're Mm -hmm. doing with climate change. Yeah. We can completely reset everything and just push our agenda just by glomming onto this mm-hmm. one, one yeah. idea. And you know, and I still don't. You know, I I'm not one to believe that COVID is, was created in a lab, right? Um, but I do think that it's just a little bit too opportune that it happened to come around this year, uh-huh. the election year in the U.S. Right. I mean, it just seems a little too convenient well, to me. Even if it's it was coincidence. I mean, they capitalize on that oh, immediately. Of course. Why, and why wouldn't you? It's like we can completely shut down everything. Mm-hmm. If we had an idea of hitting this reset button and starting over, what a better time to do it than now when mm-hmm. we have we can make people believe that we have to shut down the oh, economy absolutely. and tank yeah. it completely. Right. But if 2030 is the, the, the goal year that they're hoping that, you know, have everything in place by 2030 right. – it's just odd that 2020 is the year that things kick off. Right. You know, I mean, it just seems a little too convenient for me. Yeah. Yeah. I have a hard time believing in coincidences sometimes. So, so yeah, I can see it being a well calculated mm-hmm. thing, especially since, I mean, people like Bill Gates have been right. like worrying about pandemics in right. the last like 10 years. Yeah. And so, I mean, what, what, <laughs> I mean, I, I Like I said, I have a hard time believing in coincidences. Mm-hmm. So it says the connection between Biden and the radical Great Reset is best seen by examining Biden's new Build Back Better plan, like we talked about. According to Biden's website, his Build Back Better proposal would launch a national effort aimed at creating jobs. We need to build a modern, sustainable infrastructure now and deliver an equitable, clean energy future, capitalizing on the crisis. Mm-hmm. Focus of Biden's proposal is the destruction of the modern energy industry, which Biden wants to replace with renewable, quote unquote, renewable energy sources like wind and solar. And like we've talked about, like it takes more coal to create right. windmills right. than it does to actually power coal. <laughs> Biden's plan calls for shifting the entire electric grid to green sources by just 2035 wildly unrealistic goal that would have a catastrophic impact on the economy. Build Back Better plan comes straight from the Great Reset's playbook. Great Reset supporters, especially the World Economic Forum, have been calling for some variations of Build Back Better plan for years, often using those exact words in its WEF material. In fact, as recently as July 13th, 
the World Economic Forum, promoted Building Back Better through green infrastructure programs as part of the Great Reset in an article titled, To Build Back Better, We Must Reinvent Capitalism. And here's how. Mm. So they are using this play or word for word in their playbook. And this yeah. is like exactly what Biden is calling for. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> green infrastructure programs, um, building back better, all this stuff is like exactly what what Joe Biden is using. He's like taking the straight from the WEF, which right. is Dr. Evil, yeah. um, his um, organization here. Mm-hmm. So to say it's a coincidence that he happens to be using the same um, vernacular and the same lingo, yeah, I mean, right. it's not an it's, accident. It's all an agenda. Yeah. Like, like I said, Build Back Better is the, the modern <clears throat> equivalent of Hail Hydra. You know, you, you say it and you're on board with it. Mm-hmm. This is actually from the World Economic Forum's website. Excellent. This one is titled, Now is the Time for the Great Reset. <laughs> and the, the picture, you can't see it, is a button that says, Push to Reset the World. Beautiful. Talk about tearing it down, tearing mm-hmm. down what we know. I mean, they're not even like trying oh, to yeah. cut, like Biden's right. at least trying to mask it as Well, he has to in else. America. Yeah. I mean, because if he just came out and said it, I mean, you know, he, he would be starting revolts. So he has to. But anywhere else in the world, you can say it and people are like, okay, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. You can hear Klaus Schwab on podcast episodes. Anyway, this article says COVID-19 lockdowns may be gradually easing, but anxiety about the world's social and economic prospects is only intensifying. There is good reason to worry. A sharp economic downturn has already begun and we could be facing the world's worst depression since the 1930s. That's because you shut down the world's economies to push your agenda. Right. Yeah. It's not we need to reset because the economy is tanking. Yeah. It's the economy is tanking because you are trying to reset yeah. the world system. Yeah. But while this outcome is likely, it is not unavoidable. To achieve a better outcome, the world must act jointly globalism Mm -hmm. and swiftly to revamp all aspects of our societies and economies from education to social contracts and working conditions. Every country from the United States to China, they they specify those two specifically must participate and every industry from oil and gas to tech must be transformed. In short, we need a great reset of capitalism. So this is straight from the world economic forum. It's weforum.org if you want to look it up. I'll have this in the show notes as well as a lot of the other information Mm -hmm. we're giving you. There are many reasons to pursue a great reset, but the most urgent is COVID-19. Capitalizing Mm -hmm. on a crisis to push your agenda. Here's dead horse and here's someone beating it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Having already led to hundreds of thousands of deaths, deaths, the pandemic represents one of the worst public health crises in recent history. With casualties still mounting in many parts of the world, it is far from over. What does this have to do with sustainable energy and green energy? Using any crisis they got. (laughs) Yeah. This will have serious long-term consequences for economic growth, public debt, employment, and human well-being. So they're using the economic part. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a tank in the economy. How do we fix the economy? Well, we can build more jobs by... um, doing all this green sustainability projects. According to the Financial Times, global government debt has already reached its highest level in peacetime. 
It's going to only get higher if you're right. doing these ninety-two trillion dollar projects. Right, exactly. There, it's it's like they're using the mm-hmm. thing that they're pushing as the excuse for why they should push it. It's right. like yeah. debt is at its all-time high because we keep pushing these yeah. trillions of dollar yeah. <laughs> packages. Yeah, it, it's like they're so we we owe twenty-six trillion dollars. The best way to pay it off is if we take out a $93 trillion loan, we can get that paid off, and then we could build the house better and get a new car. Yes, exactly. Exactly that. Moreover, unemployment is skyrocketing in many countries. In the U.S., for example, one in four workers have filed for unemployment since mid-March because you shut down the fucking economy. And they jacked up unemployment benefits to incentive for people to right. be on unemployment yeah, they, like people were making i think it was like 900 dollars oh, a yeah. week or something people didn't like want to go back to work they're no. making more money be not working right so it says um with new weekly claims far above historic highs the international monetary fund expects the world economy to shrink by three percent this year a downgrade of 6.3 percentage points in just four months all of this will exacerbate the climate and social crisis that we're already underway. I thought this was helping the the climate crisis because, like we said last week, there's dolphins and whales in the channels that were never there before. Everything is better with people locked up. Some countries have already used COVID-19 crisis as an excuse to weaken environmental protections and enforcement. And frustrations over social ills like rising inequality, U.S. billionaires' combined wealth has increased during the crisis are intensifying. How many of the U.S. billionaires are part of the say, World yeah. um, Economic Forum? Yeah, exactly. Like, they're all billionaires, yeah. and they're, like, bashing on billionaires. I know. And it's probably the the billionaires that are making the money bashing on themselves. Right. Like, can you get, believe this guy? This guy, hey, wait, didn't, isn't that you? <laughs> Left unaddressed, these crises together with COVID-19, again, will deepen and leave the world even less sustainable, less equal, and more fragile. Incremental measures and ad hoc fixes will not suffice to prevent this scenario. We must build entirely new foundations. I, I called it. They're talking about yep. not, not just patching up the holes. Yep. We got to build an entirely new foundation for our economic and social mm-hmm. system. That says everything. And that's interesting to me because I was basically just saying, you know, they would have to do this. They would have to tear it down to its foundational level and build Mm -hmm. it back um, in order to build back better. But they're saying it verbatim here. It's like these ad hoc fixes aren't going to suffice. We need to build entirely new foundations. You can't, I mean, you can jack up your house and build a new foundation under it. That's not what they're talking about here. They're talking about gutting the whole thing, pouring a new foundation. Yeah. And completely rethinking capitalism. Yep. Yep. And in doing so, completely remaking America. Yeah. So this is the agenda. This is um, the World Economic Forum's platform Mm -hmm. for the Build Back Better. This is what Fox News is saying that Joe Biden is attached to with Mm -hmm. his, because his, like we said, might not say verbatim some of the stuff it's not saying exactly the plan but the things line up exactly with this yeah like you said he can't just come out and be like right you know we're just gonna get rid of capitalism that that's the solution here because right 
52% of, at least 50% of the United States would be like, fuck you, dude. Right. Yeah, You're gone. Yeah, yeah. We don't want this at all. Yeah. You got to mask it as something else, kind of like right. how Black Lives Matter global mm -hmm. masked it as this George Floyd protest when right. in turn it was actually something exactly. else and they're funding other things. Yeah. So it, it'll be interesting to see how things play out with this. Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, this goes way deeper. Like we oh, said, yeah, yeah. This world um, economic forum, they are, their plans. Yeah. If you could crawl into their mind and just, just read a little bit about them. You, it's going to yeah. scare the shit out of you as a capitalist. But you know, you have mass, you know, you have allies of the United States, mm -hmm. France, England, Canada, Australia. I mean, who are coming, are coming up and, and repeating the mantra, build back better. Yep. So, I mean, essentially like Americans that are not for build back better, you know, you kind of you're on your own here. Yeah, you're kind of the minority at this point yeah. when it comes to a global thing. Yeah. So, I mean, do we just jump on board with this? Do we do we say, you know what, fuck capitalism, let's just go with this? Right. I mean, no. do we push back? What do you do? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean, is that why we're stocking ammo for yeah. a situation like that? I, I think so. I mean, how, how far does that go, though, you know? Well, do you I, move to the woods and live there for eternity? Possibly, you know, I, I mean, I would like to think that, you know, I don't know. I, I would like to think a U.S. military would, you know, fall on the sides of the citizens. You would like to think that. Right. But, but I know they who, do what they're told. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. And the military, I mean, I speak from experience. They, they, they're pretty good at brainwashing their, yeah. their members. Yeah. So, I mean, it'd be pretty easy to, because... Boot camp is basically this. It's breaking right. them down to their foundation and building them back into right. the mentality that they want them to be. So, right. I mean, the majority of them are, I mean, you break them down and then just change their thought. You re-educate them. It's right. basically a re-education camp is right. what boot camp is. So not, not bashing on the military. Like I said, I was part of it. Right. Yeah. And I'm glad I served. But yeah. Um, that's it. Wouldn't it be hard for them to change their curriculum mm -hmm. and build, build back better, build right. the military into this mentality of, you know what, this is better for us. Right. And you are here to, to support that. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's been a, I want to say a 50, 50, um, split with like law enforcement, right. With, you know, which ones are going to enforce different rules and yeah. which ones are saying, no, I'm not going to enforce it. Right. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Would you believe we're already at an hour of this conversation? No, I would not. Yeah, like I said, this is just going to be yeah. the scratching the surface of this stuff, and we want to get into, um, a yeah, deeper, especially into the World Economic Forum, right. into and, some of this agenda yeah, the twenty thirty, right? Yeah, and the the Great Reset. I mean, it it all goes so much deeper. Yeah, and so yep. it's it's frightening. We didn't even get into ABC. No, no, we got a lot of stuff that we haven't got into. That'll be another episode. Again, that's why we are extending to a second episode so mm -hmm. we can cover a lot of the news and that. And then if we have a big topic, we can spend the whole two hours possibly covering that big topic, not really talking about right. all the other shit going on in the world. Um, so again, look forward to that second episode in when this comes out Wednesday, three or four days from now, yeah. um, Saturday, Sunday, time, somewhere in there. I haven't decided when exactly depends really on how much editing i'm gonna to have to right. do because yeah. 
we talk a lot, but I'm hoping those episodes we can just roll through it and get in and get right. out and not yeah. have to really worry about a lot of editing. So yeah. possibly Saturday night, no later than Sunday morning, I'd say okay. that we'll get that out. Um, once again, our Patreon program has kicked off. Go to patreon.com slash break the bells. Check out some of those tiers. Get in on it. Get in on some of the fun stuff and some of the, the benefits that we're offering to you. And then get back here next week, I guess. Um, maybe we'll cover some of this stuff next week. Um, we'll see what's going on. But we are going to dig deeper into this at some point in the near future. So um, look forward to that. Anything else, really, before we get out of here? I can't think of anything. I think you covered it all. It's um, some scary shit, I think. Um, yeah, if you really bit. look at it from I thought we this hit angle, the, the peak of scariness with the Civil War shit, but I think this takes it to the next level. It does. Well, that kind of last week, just that one article we read, we we're like, well, this is an interesting article. And as we're reading through, it's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, and then we start digging into that stuff. Yeah. And it's like, this yeah. shit goes yeah. deep. And, and then today you know, yeah. running into that with the World Economic Forum, we're like, oh, fuck. Fuck. <laughs> this could go, we could have a series on this. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> so, um, like I said, we'll get more into that in the future. So, um, just keep checking back for more stuff. We got tons of new stuff coming your way. So, um, look forward to that. So, we will talk to you again this weekend, I guess. It, it, we're not even saying next week. We're no, saying no, this, this weekend. weekend. So, um, can't wait. Uh, have a great week. And... Never stop talking. Ever. Ever. Have a, a fantastic week.